0: Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics.
1: And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefrist Initiative.
0: This is the Herpeticulture Podcast, which is part of the Herpeticulture Network. Enjoy the show.
2: Seriously, with that mustache. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even say I'm so sad. So, first of all, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> this you mustache was a tragic it's, mistake. <laughs> I must ask you a question. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I know. You, I'm so sad you guys can't see this right now because we're sitting here talking about Phil's Phil's mustache, and um, man, it's like it's like the the best cookie crumb sweeper I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> like I don't even know how to explain it.
0: It's like flavor saver.
1: <laughs> it's like Yosemite Sam had a really bad hair day.
2: Yeah, it's 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 awesome. Like it's it's. He so asked awesome.
0: us for our opinion before he did it. I I didn't pipe up. I don't think I advised you to do it. Oh, bro, well, okay. I was not one of the ones to say do it. Look, in we'll, my opinion,
2: I, I would one hundred percent voted yes.
0: That was dumb. Every once in
2: a while,
1: every once in a while, you got to just burn the crop field to promote new growth.
2: Unfortunately, false.
1: I scorched the earth a little too much, and now I look like. This
0: uh Did you see this untouched territory, no controlled burns, no nothing.
1: Well, this is the Herbert of Culture Podcast episode 115, for those of you who are actually caring about that, and not mustaches.
0: <laughs> and it is brought to you by Steve Snakeshire and his Venom Hot Sauce. Get some support Steve, support public education, support his rescue. Uh he actually just took in some some rat snakes and stuff I think recently and one of them was in kind of rough shape so he's been nursing that back to health if yeah. you buy his hot sauce you're supporting him and helping him keep make that happen um, educating people about uh, everything that's not a copperhead even though they might think it might be and uh, Sean at MP Cages and Exotics also helps bring this show every week awesome cages awesome racks you gotta hit him up uh, you gotta and actually, I mean, now that now that Brent's in Louisiana, Steve's in Louisiana, too. I don't remember. I think he's in, a, how do you pronounce this? Shrevenport? Shreveport. Yeah, I think he's, Shreveport. I want to say he's there. I don't know how far that is from you now, but.
2: Uh, two and a half, three hours, probably. Everything no, in Louisiana no. is three hours, bro.
0: <laughs> it's a, I've heard it's a deceptively large, like travel-wise, like nothing's really close.
2: I'm in the very southwest corner, two hours from Houston. And I could be in okay. New Orleans in three, wow. three and a half hours. Slidell in a few hours. Shreveport in a few hours. So it's not too bad.
0: I got you. Well, what's so going yeah, on, dude? Link up? Yeah, definitely. It's been, uh, I looked, it's been 10 months since we had you on, on THP. <laughs> I know we had you on Snakes and Stogies fairly early on. Uh, but yeah, uh, we told you that we'd have you back on because you were out drifting for a year and doing your thing and there's a lot going on and so we're super stoked to have you back
2: man no dude, honestly like it's it's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys like not all you guys fantastic people generally i just love you guys as human beings um but man just to be able to sit and talk about this stuff like for anybody who heard the first episode 10 months ago um that 60 to 90 minute talk was two and a half hours and we said we're coming back for part two we're <laughs> th- not not twice but thrice snakes yes. and in three different states yes <laughs> and now we're back for the recap episode two we're gonna try to keep it under two and a half hours however i do want to <laughs> point out for those of you who did hear us the last time 10 months ago a lot of how we left off was getting into something really deep about you know certifications and handling and medical stuff and Really wanting to get into that stuff, and and Phil and I at the end, Phil's like, dude, I'm just gonna have to make a bullet list, and I'm gonna get back. To questions. <laughs> Ironically, I come back today bearing those gifts. So I'm su- so this is basically the segue for episode two, man. I love it.
1: It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. it's so like it no was 10, ten months,
2: months to answer those ten questions. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. That's
1: good. So uh, just to go back to where we were ten months ago. Uh, you're basically pioneering a concept that has not been uniform uniformized, you know, you you
0: uniformly done
1: uniformly done, right? And that's the concept of training individuals both in a medical stance, in a, a general safety protocol, and even in a husbandry aspect on how to handle venomous reptiles or potentially dangerous or hazardous animals safely. Uh, for the better well-being of the animal and the man and woman and person and everything, so why don't you uh, give us a recap?
2: Absolutely, man. So, so you know, back in back in up to ten months ago, um, I think I just kind of started the whole. Well, what, what was it on the YouTube and Facebook and all? It was like uh, the, the Trans American Transient, um, North American Nomad. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. it. Venomous yeah. Vagabond was definitely my favorite. That's that's my favorite. Yeah, for sure. So, so when I started that one year journey of just vagabonding around the country, um, it was, it was a year ago in February. So I just kind of started that whole thing. We talked a little bit about Venom Life. Um, you know, the ASF was just now kind of the Asclepia Snake Bite Foundation, which I was brought onto fairly early um, by Jordan Benjamin in kind of a pseudo partnership with Venom Life and Get Hooked. And, from there, it kind of just branched out. So when we talked about it last time, we talked about, you know, basically what happens with venomous snakes, snake bite. And and I'm still, you know, an active member of the ASF. Um, and we're working on some really, really cool stuff, which I'm going to give quick updates on throughout, throughout the episode. But one of the things that we were really talking about was snake bite in general. Primarily, we were talking last time about in the United States, keepers and Idiots on Instagram promoting terrible handling techniques, free handling, et cetera, et cetera. And there and, are many. Yeah. And, and then where do, where does the anti venom come from? Who pays for that, right? Um, you know, the zoos out of pocket, like what's, you know, Florida taxpayers cover it, but um, insurance does, you know, generally doesn't cover all of it. So it, we, that's kind of where we left off last time. And so we were talking about how cool it would be to have a national. All right. Let me back that up. A nationally recognized sort of certification, right? Because Florida has, you know, the DVL with the venomous license, um, thousand hours with his family, three letters of recommendation. Like, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. Um. Not every state has that, obviously. Uh, a lot of the bites happen in states where there isn't any kind of overseeing of that kind of stuff, and you know, to be honest, it's one of those weird dichotomies where. I think people should kind of have, you know, through the whole US art support thing, like people should have a right to be able to own animals that they want to own. At the same time, you should, you should at least want, even if you don't have to do it responsibly, you should want to like, yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend yeah. somebody who had a possum growing up to go out and buy a, a, a full size Bengal tiger, right? Yeah, like it, that's just a silly concept for me, but that's kind of what ends up happening in the feminist community yeah. or the snake community in general. So, but at the same time, I want it to be nationally recognized, but not federally or nationally, you know, governed. Right. I don't want them to be able to say what we can and can't do what we can and can't have, but if they have certain permits, whatever it's recognized that, like, Hey, at least they did the training kind of thing. Right. Yeah. How do you make all that work? That's a lot to try to figure out, man. Yeah. And so through that whole concept, after our last talk, 10 months ago, um, I kept working with the ASF. We went from doing all kinds of stuff throughout Benin, Kindia, um, all of those places and said, you know what? We're going to focus all of our efforts into Guinea. That's that's what we're doing for 2021. In fact, if you guys go to the ASF website right now and look at the Facebook or my Facebook, um, Brent Schultz, Brent Venomous, um, you guys can see the physical building they're doing of our brand new clinic cinder block stacks up man they're they'll be running power and water um out to the site here shortly so we're literally building from the ground up a brand new snake bike clinic in guinea and all of our efforts went into that so that we can say hey here's our proof of concept now we want to take this and put it in five other places right right i got you allows Mm -hmm. for bigger grants things like that now we recently had btg and i mean we had some big companies come in with some really big kind of, I, 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 get, I guess it's not really a sponsorship. It would be grants basically. Yeah. Right?
3: Yeah.
2: Um, to really, 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 really help us out with that. And I'm going to, I'm going to get Nick on the, the magazine and he'll talk a little bit more about that. So now signpost teaser you guys have checked, You guys can check that out in the magazine. <laughs> what Nick does is ASF. Which he doesn't know about yet.
0: What was the reason for, for shifting the focus to Guinea in particular?
2: Um, contacts. Okay. It, it was a lot of places over there are still fairly hostile. Um, mm-hmm. We are going to be doing kind of a little bit of sprinkling in of of some support. So um, we have we have members that are currently doing reptile work, PhD you know, work and research in the Congo. So the guys will take off for the last three or four days of a trip out to Guinea and swing by there and do some local education stuff. And we'll be sprinkling that in, right. We're still going to be touching a lot of other places, but um, to answer a question one, to to narrow it down to one place was specifically just to be able to do that, to take all our eggs, put it into one place and say, listen, man, like let us show you what we can really do with when we're not pulled in different directions. Right. Two, we already had the contacts, the support. Um, we already had all of that there, pre-established.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so it it was basically what it came down to being is is it, it basically just made the most sense, right? It was just kind of like yeah. right there in front of you. Like, why are we why are we trying to spread ourselves so thin? So that's that's kind of the new thing with the with the ASF. Now, throughout that whole process, I got in touch with uh, Rudy Arceo, who has the Venom Institute. Which, I, I mean, it basically just started as Rudy in the early 2000s was, um, you know, he was in about 200 capture and release uh, things that he was doing for like the sheriff, the general public, um, things like that, in in and around Algiers Point in Pennsylvania, um, then kind of the Harvey area, the Orleans and, and Jefferson Parish, up in Pennsylvania, and so Rudy kind of grew that into more of a rescue slash training for local PD, local medicine, whatever. Then he started working that into more of a uh, teaming up with some medical guys to be able to do a little bit more medically specific to Snake Bite. And, and so to tie it all together right off the bat, the Sclepia Snake Bite Foundation does all sorts of medical training, doctors, nurses in Africa, right? In, these de- in the developing world oftentimes not that close a lot of these villages aren't even they're they're hours away from electricity sometimes Mm -hmm. you know and uh and we'll get a little bit more into depth on that here in a little bit but you know it's kind of the same thing but now being able to through this organization do it right here in our in our own backyard and i mean half the doctors on the asf were our first four out of five guests for our zoom things that we do once a month through the venom institute which right now are they're free zoom webinars where we bring in for an hour we bring in you know snake bite expert dr spencer green ben abo jeff Fobb, sean bush like these guys coming uh, nick brandenhoff's gonna be on there i'm getting him set the, up to probably the literal dream part. team yeah dude 100 like literally the top guys in the united states for venom medicine and yeah. toxicology, and toxicology and it's so these shit. guys are all emergency physicians, and I mean they're they're the top guys, right? So they're 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 kind of working right here in their own backyard every day, anyways, when they're not in in Africa. So it was just for me, it was just kind of an easy thing to say, hey man, how can I help? So I reached out to him and I said, hey man, how can I help? I want to help out. I want to see this come to fruition. He started talking. He's like, oh man, well I really would want to do these trainings and and just really I do all these trainings for all these people, but. I want to figure out a way that we can make it into some sort of a certificate. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Like, yeah, let's let's make it happen. Over a couple of months and in a few meetings, um, it was pretty apparent that he had really good big ideas, but didn't really um, have the ability himself to like rein himself in and really kind of focus it just like we did with the ASF. Let's focus on Guinea and then spread out. Hey, Amen. Let's focus on Pennsylvania and then spread out right? You're already there. That's where our connections are. That's where it started. Let's just rein it in, grow it out. Yeah. So that's where I came in with kind of, you know, the whole business. And then plus with my network, um, he was like, yeah, but I need to get a hold of somebody that does this. I'm like, dude, 10 minutes. I'll have them on the phone. Like no big deal. Right. So you are the venomous liaison. Yeah. And that's kind of what I, I kind of grew into that position. Um, I don't, I don't like to be called an expert at anything. Right. Even though I have what 20 20 plus years in construction i'm not a construction expert i don't consider myself that because i don't do it 40 hours a week right right um but so I don't, I don't like to i don't like to be the whole venom expert thing and and two like there's other people out there in all fields whether it's research of venomous biochemistry toxinology snake bite medicine keeping of milking of like all of those guys that do that all day every single day they deserve that title because that's what they do for a living. I'm mm-hmm. kind of the all-around middleman that's like dabbles in all of it and knows all the guys and deals with all of it. So it just kind of made sense for me to be kind of like the, hey, let's network, right? I'm going to be yeah. the conduit.
0: The middle 100%. of the spider web.
2: 100%. I'm the conduit for the information. And so so it really just kind of fell into place, man. So with the Venom Institute, which is what I really kind of wanted to introduce on this episode, um, and again, with the segue from 10 months ago was – really kind of, you know, I already told you kind of a little bit how it started um, and then how I got involved recently, but a little bit more about like what we expect to do this year and then really what we want to try to accomplish here in, in the near future. Um, you know, it's it's really, really cool. We were actually able to take and some of you guys might already, you know, some of the listeners might already have Venom Institute on Facebook, right? It's got a yellow block, a red block an orange block, you know, and it's got these four blocks. Each one of them has an animal in it. Um, but I was like, hey, man, let's let's really kind of think this through. Rudy agreed. He's like, man, we just got to get this nailed down because we're getting ready to launch the website next month, um, introducing all the members, offering the webinars through there. We're really toning in on a big launch for the Venom Institute on a national level for, for recognition um, and what we do in April. That being said, it was like, all right, well, we need to make sure that this is consistent and something we we'll want to stick with for a long time. So what's currently up there right now is going to be switching to a timber rattlesnake, a Gila monster, a scorpion and something aquatic, right? Because that allows us the ability in the future to, to move into more areas, but it's still all venomous stuff. We're not just snake guys. I mean, we're snake guys, but we're not just snake guys. Right. Venom medical training. Right. Yeah. So, so that's all kind of changing. And what's really cool is we're actually able to tie those four images to kind of the four things that we do, which is conservation, education, research, and training, which even more cool because the way my brain works is an acronym of CERT, Uh, (laughs) education, research, and training. And as soon as that clicked in my head, I was like, done. Like that's that's what it is. Um, And Rudy was all on board. From there, it was pretty much just like, hey man, I need you for a lot more than just kind of consulting every once in a while, whatever. Um, I need a, I need a right-hand guy that's going to help me really get this to the next level and and whatever. And I I think that you're that guy. So I was officially brought on uh, basically last week, all the members voted and I was officially brought on as the deputy executive director for the national push for the Venom Institute. Also the right hand to the director on a national level. What's really cool about what we're doing over there as well is when we, you know when the guys are over in Africa doing their stuff with the ASF, they're they're teaching some handling stuff, they're they're showing the basics, but they're really training doctors and nurses. More importantly, they're training villagers to be triage nurses. Cause they just don't have it out there, man.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're
2: hours away from infrastructure. That's that's like intense, these places man. don't have ventilators they don't have like we just got what uh, do you say 8 or 10 ventilators donated um, which we're going to be able to, to bring over in our, our June trip to Guinea yeah. um, we had a, a, a heart rate monitor and defibrillator uh, donated when they were in I think Kenya last year so I mean you know a lot of good stuff's going on over there but and that's
1: it's crazy to think too because not only are they teaching these individuals right but it's it's difficult for a lot of Westerners to comprehend that. Okay, you take a class in college, or you take it in a medical school of some kind, and you're learning about this and that. These are people that may not have any kind of higher education or any education at all in that Western regard. So now it's it's a whole new concept of a lot of them have probably never uh, teaching never been past high school, dude. Right? Exactly. You yeah, know, if there is and, such a thing. Yeah, if if there is such a thing, you know, and that's a whole new. Mantra of education, and, and how how do you go about teaching, for lack of a better word, you know, trauma to yeah. people that can't comprehend really what trauma is necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know? Not I to mean, it's, speak ill of their education, but
2: no, 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 it, 100%. that's it's just it. something they've never really been exposed to in that and from that side of it, right? Right. Oh yeah. It's like it, I mean, it, it's it, it's a crazy concept, man. But you know, it, it's probably a, something that I could equate it to. What, what they're actually able to do over there is more of like a, you know, an NREMT type of thing, right? Like if you did the woofer training or a, or, you know, an outdoor wilderness EMT type of thing, like, sure. Super, super boy scout making splints, when to use yeah. tourniquets, how to do them, things like that. Right. Like it's right. fairly basic, but they already have enough donated tools and um, you know, ketamines, syringes, anti-venom, all the way up to, you know, pillows, sheets on the beds, like, I mean, all kinds of stuff, man, not to mention the big equipment that we're now getting more and more donations of and being able to do with our grants. So, I mean, it's fantastic, man, but you know, it's basically more or less like, Hey, until the actual doctor, whatever gets here, like, this is how you treat this to, to keep this person alive until you can do the direct push of anti-venom or get him on an IV drip. If that's even an option there, or, know ketamine for the pain or but also you know keep in mind too that there's not a a lapid viperid polyvalent like this this, you know what i mean like they still kind of have to know a little bit so these guys are also training them about the animals in the area when and where you see them i mean there's a lot of training that goes into it now keep in mind this is one third of what goes on over there and it's a super important part don't get me wrong however the other two parts are just as important the uh, one is outreach and education to the surrounding villages local villagers to go get help man. like most of yeah. those places especially the farther and farther away you go in distance from the Snake bite clinic or, or any western medicine hospital or big town the less likely they are the more likely they are going to go to their local witch doctor or right local healer And anybody who's ever done any little bit of research on that, um, I mean, you'll see, you'll see some stuff, man. You'll see some stuff. Like they'll take 40, 50 cuts with a rusty scalpel that they've had laying around on the dirt floor for three years and then rub dirt in it, rub some grass in it, rub manure in it, whatever. And now you're risking secondary and tertiary infection on top of not having any sort of antibiotics, not having any sort of, you know, anything for the pain. Um, and two, as far as we know, I'm not going to say with any certainty, but as far as we know, it doesn't really help with any of the venom stuff. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> training those people, you know, the witch doctors is, is the third part by the way. So it's training the educating the, the people around there to go get help from the snake bite clinics. The third part of the, the whole cycle to make it work and continue to get people the help that they need over there is, getting the wish doctors to say, I think you should go to, go to the, the hospital. Yeah. Which is a really, yeah. really hard Well, thing I was going to gonna say, have... that's
0: got to be the hardest part is just because you have, like culturally, that is all they've known for, you know, They're God knows how long. And so for them to, for you to come in and say, hey, I hate to tell you this, but your witch doctor isn't actually fixing anything. Here's what you need to do. Well, like, it's harder. That's, that's hard probably the hardest part. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, so part of that too, is, uh, you know, being creative, right. Diplomacy at its best, making sure you get yeah. exactly what you want and let everybody else think that it was their idea. The ideology behind that is to say, Hey, listen, like, you know, people come here and, and they're not, you know, they're dying or losing their legs or losing their lives or whatever, like you send them our way and they survive. You're the hero. Basically that's, that's kind of how it's proposed to be honest. Um, And then getting the villagers. And here's the reason the villagers getting them to go is a tough sell. You think it'd be easy, right? You build a snake bike clinic, you put in beds, you get a heart rate monitor, you get a doctors with ketamine and painkillers and antibiotics and anti-venom bandages. You get real health care now, like, you know, a couple miles away. Why would you not go? I mean, this is how our Western. Yeah, it's a
0: cultural thing. Like that's right. what it boils down to. And Here, here's
2: the problem, man. For for a long time, I think specifically out of France, but a lot of places have done it. I'm not going to single them out. Um, you know, th- there was a lot of bad antivenom and, and fake antivenom sold.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember you talking about that. I think yeah, we, we talked you talked about that on. Yeah. you also have movies. the
2: expired stuff, and you have the stuff that's watered down, and you have the stuff that, um, you know, was was not kept at proper temperatures, and and now is just non-functional, and. Um, so, you know, if you go to the Snakebite Foundation website, snakebitefoundation.org, if you go there, you can see a quick little four and a half minute video that, you know, our, our dear friend Ray Morgan from the Ven- Venom interviews <clears throat> produced this little cartoon video that kind of explains this better. But the reality is that, you know, these people were going over and, and uh, they'd get bit, they'd go to the witch doctor, make the cuts, rub the dirt in it. Four days later, it's not getting any better. They finally go to the hospital. Now it might be too late. He might lose his leg. They get bad antivenom, fake antivenom, improperly stored antivenom, not enough antivenom, the wrong antivenom, whatever. Now they either lose their leg or their life or whatever, and they have a farm. And oh, and by the way, now because they went to a hospital, they have a giant hospital bill. So what happens? They go back to the village with no leg or worse don't make it back to the village The people around there see yeah the families sell the farm because now they can't afford it yeah and have nobody to work it so they're moving in with relatives that lost their farm they lost all their animals so what the people see is they went to the doctor the witch doctor for four days and he was fine he went to go get medicine lost his leg lost his life lost his farm his family lost everything and they're like i'm not going yeah yeah, dude. And it's it's tough, man. It's tough. And if any one of those three parts breaks, the whole cycle has to start over again. Yeah. You know, the people aren't trusting the doctors. The doctors can't reach out to the people. The wish doctors are like, "Bro, he was alive when he left. You know what I mean? I'm not saying it yeah, wasn't me. Yeah. yeah, dude. So it's it's a, it's a really, really, really interesting, hard sell, which is probably why we're the first and only boots on the ground organization in the world taking on this task. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, it's incredible know. just the, so, the logistics behind it all. Even just easy. getting stuff from here to there, and you know the equipment and you know all the supplies and stuff, just the Good. figuring out how to get it it's all there, lot, there is it's in itself lot. is incredible.
2: Dude, yeah. when they go to Guinea in June, um, I won't be able to go this year. But when they go to Guinea in June, um, when the team goes over there, it's to Guinea. It's it's gonna be. But he's bringing eight ventilators over there. Man. Like, yeah. <laughs> Think about the logistics of that. everything's like, it's all gonna get shipped over ahead of time, and then a lot of these towns and villages don't even have post office. Like it's it's a nuts thing, man. It's a crazy, crazy thing. Um but you know, talking about all that with, with the money and the donations and things like that, uh, I wanna circle back to a little bit before before we got on. Uh we we're basically doing a a vocal warm-up. Just the three <laughs> of us <a> talking <laughs> shot, right? <laughs> And, um, you know, you guys have brought up that, that you guys were able to raise a little bit of money, you felt like it wasn't a lot, you know, and you wanted to do more, which is awesome. But the reality is, like, you should when you're raising money for a good cause, you should never be satisfied, man. <laughs> or, yeah, you know, right. next step, next step, right? Yeah, but yeah. you know, I was like, dude, yeah, but you know, 60 bucks is 60 bucks, 100 bucks is 100 bucks, 200 bucks is 200 bucks, yeah. And for those of you, you know, the people that missed it last time in Benin. A couple years ago, Jordan was over there and a, a kid came in, eight-year-old Majudu, got bit right above the eye by an Echis, a carpet viper, um, helping his dad herd cattle. And he made it in a few days later, three three days later, four days later maybe. And uh, his, his eye was completely swollen shut. He was already going into ptosis. His body was going into shock, bleeding from his eyes, bleeding from his ears. Think about it. This kid took a Less than 10 years old took a direct bite to the face from a carpet viper. Yeah, In it a lot of parts of Africa, kills more people than no joke. Typhoid, malaria, and dengue combined. Those things wow, are just the,
0: the perfect storm for that kind Dude, of thing 100%. to happen. Their size, their demeanor, their toxicity, they're just the, not where they live. Yeah. So
2: these guys go out with a scythe and do all of their crop with the site and lay all the hay down. Now it's going to take them three, four weeks to go get each little pile they made loaded up onto the cart and taken out. So for four weeks, you've got no cover, except for every six feet, you have a little cover. Guess how they pick all that stuff up and put it on the cart, reach under it with their hands, pick it up and put it in the cart. Well, guess where the only cover for the next 16 acres in any direction is (laughs) six feet away under cover. That's where a lot of the bites happen from, to be honest. So this kid takes a direct, you know, direct bite to the face, which is amazing enough. You know, and he says, um, I, I I said tosis earlier. It wasn't tosis. He was just, um, that's mamba stuff. That's neurotoxic stuff. But his uh, his eyes were rolling back in his head. It was similar to that. His eyes were rolling back in his head. And Jordan said he really thought, he told me this like a year, year later, that he really thought he was probably literally not even within hours, within minutes of probably dying from shock and yeah. from the bite. He was able to give him a direct push of, of four vials of anti-venom, direct push, straight out the needle, no drip, no IV. Um and some painkillers. Like I said, dude, this kid had gingival bleeding. He was bleeding from his gums. Yeah. Like it was not a good bite. Um one to two days later, all the swelling went down from his eye, um and he, he stopped bleeding. Five days later He left with full vision. Crazy. And a brand new pair of shoes. Probably the (laughs) first pair you ever really owned, man. Mm -hmm, And what's really, really, really cool about that story is it was all done for less than 200 bucks. For for what it would take in the United States for an average family in an average middle-class neighborhood to take the husband, wife, and their average of two and a half kids that's Here. actually the national, average. <laughs> that's the actual national average. I'm not joking. I believe, had, it. you know, husband, wife, and their national average of two and a half kids to a decent dinner at Outback Steakhouse, 200 bucks. Yeah. That saved that kid's life, man. Yeah. So when these people are like, Oh, I'm not going to donate because it's only five bucks. I'm not going to donate. Cause I only have 10 bucks. You know, I'm telling you right now, like, it does not take much, man. $10 over there, $200 over there, $400 over there goes a really long, really long way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just wanted to bring that up to let, let people kind of keep that in mind as they're, as they're thinking about, and not just our cause, right? Like in all causes, like when you're talking anything, third world, developing world, man, it the money goes a lot farther over there, man. So don't mm-hmm. feel bad about 10, 15 bucks because like that could be the, <laughs> The life-changing difference of ten dollars between three vials of antivenom and four. Yeah. Think yeah. about that, man. Yeah. That Fifteen dollars could be that game changer.
0: Did he ever so, explain how he got bit? Where he got bit?
2: I don't know how I got bit above the eye, man. I mean, it's helping his dad. I can only assume of, he
0: was bending down on something, or maybe he was crawling or something. I don't.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know. I wasn't there. It was all, you know, third-story hearsay. Not
3: mm-hmm.
2: won't hold up in court. You know. Kind of Jordan story, but the majority, you know, the majority of that story is also on the ASF website. But when we see things like that, and then we think like, our doc, and I'm not talking bad about our medical system. Like in comparison, an average of nine thousand plus bites every single year in the United States. A lot of them are idiots that play with them for fun and for work. Uh, And then there's even worse idiots that do the same thing, just for fun. Um, People trying to kill them. (laughs) Gardening accidents, which are relatively rare, but do happen. Things mm-hmm. like that, right? 9,000 plus bites a year, less than 1% die. And even of that, it still is, you know, the vein was severed. It wasn't actually the venom that killed them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Things right. like that. um Anaphylaxis, if they can't get to help fast enough, or they don't have an EpiPen. Um, things, just things of that nature. It's, it's incredibly rare. So nothing bad about our medical system whatsoever. But if you guys ever take a, a little bit of time to talk to some of these snake bite doctors, man, any doctor, any nurse, next time you guys have the opportunity, ask them like, Hey, what, you know, what do you know about snake bite? And most of them are going to tell you, like in the seven years of med school, man, it was a, about a paragraph, maybe a paragraph and a half. Like, dude, I, I still occasionally run across doctors and doing some talks and stuff for doctors and nurses that I've done in the past where the doctors have literally at the end said like, that's really cool. Like, didn't even really know that there was just one type of antivenom some ner- some nurses have said that not doctors have been nurses have said that yeah and people tell me that's terrifying yeah i like to turn that around and say i actually think it's a pretty good thing because that means this doctor has been doing this for how long yeah in right? his mid to late 40s and he's he right? didn't, mm-hmm. how many snake seen? it's actually more rare than you think i think that's a great big great thing right yeah Better for them
0: to learn before it happens than trying to learn as it's happening.
2: And it's not on the nurse or not all in the doctor, man. That's what poison control is set up for. That's why we have certain protocols that we're trying to get out there and do better with. That's why you call, you know, you call poison control. And if they don't know, they'll get somebody from a zoo or they'll call, they'll call one of us or, you know, call, call one of the guys from ASF or call Sean Bush or Ben Abel or Miami dead venom one. And if, even if Jeff can't help himself, send them to the right people like yeah like they, they and they know that right like these guys get consult you know even even the guys that run the venom labs get phone calls from doctors and are consulting and they're not even medical right yeah. yeah but they know enough about the anti-venom process and distribution and things like that worst case at least to get them in the in the right contact with the right people but that's why protocols are so important man. You know, I, I when I was down here in Lake Charles, Louisiana, I had a it was a bad groin pull. Um, I, I thought it was something way worse, but it was a bad groin pull. Um, You know, a few months back, and I went to urgent care, got it checked out just to make sure it wasn't anything major because it's right a relatively sensitive area and you know, every <laughs> sense every sense of the word. And uh, Yeah, <laughs> important. I, uh, I'm like, I just want to make sure it's nothing major. It's just, right, right, right. Just really. Really want to make sure that there's nothing major going on. So I go over there and, and she sees my, you know, my, uh, my snake bite foundation patch on on my, uh, on my shoulder bag. She asked me a little bit about that. She has the medical symbol behind it. So I tell her just a quick, you know, five minute elevator pitch. And, uh, she's like, yeah, that's crazy. She's like, I said, you know, we obviously don't have any here. She's like, but I don't even think we would really know where to send them. Like there's three major hospitals here, but maybe one of them only has it. And I wouldn't even know which one to start with. Like, and I'm like, it's, it's little things like that that, we kind of tend to take for granted when we're not in that yeah. situation. But oh, had yeah. I went in there with a bite instead of a groin pull and it just happened to be the closest place, like for them to like have to start making calls to see, do I send them to across the, the I-10 bridge to the big hospital or does the one in Shreveport, do we have to fly them to Shreveport? Like, mm-hmm. you know, that like the fact that they didn't even know that. And to be fair, it's an urgent care. Most people aren't going to go to the urgent care. They're going to call 911, they get yeah. an ambulance, things like that, right? yeah but that's not everybody and i think that that's something that that you know more of these places should know um you know the hospitals know and they know to call poison control and get them involved and things of that nature um to get an expert involved but how cool would it be if they just had like a general protocol to like hey this urgent all the urgent cares in this parish these are the three that have it whichever one you're closest to this doctor already knows that these are the things that live in the area Um, these are the more common household ones. They don't stock that, but these two zoos do, and these are the numbers and it's all on one sheet, right? Like, Mm -hmm. how cool would that be? Yeah. And I don't think it happens. You know, Joe Pittman's protocols national. you know, they're basically nationally recognized within it. There's a lot of people that go against them. A lot of people that don't like them, um, at the Venom Institute in particular. Um, that's what, that's what we push. That's what we talk about. That's what we promote. Um, and in fact, even have the licensing and, and ability through Joe Pittman himself to, to, to sell copies of. Um, so we do have those. Um, but that's not all the stuff for everybody. And for a lot of people, it might be too much, right? Yeah. So I, I think that to put something together like that is really kind of where the whole thing stemmed from, right? So kind of tying it in with the ASF and then the medical yeah. work um, being in the hobby, having had venomous snakes um, working in and around the venom labs uh, doing things like that you just start to see this pattern of primarily YouTube, Instagram wanna be famous idiots doing terribly irresponsible things yeah and uh, and and you know when it really comes down to this it, it's kind of bad for the hobby now, with the Venom Institute, and I said cert, right? Conservation, education, research, and training. This kind of ties it all together too. Cause we do a lot of those things with the snake bite information, in the snake bite foundation as well. Research, training, and treatment. That's that's kind of our tagline underneath, um, on the logo for the this uh, ASF. But with that, you know, conservation, not only is the team highly involved in timber rattlesnake research and monitoring through um, T R A M P is the acronym. It's like the man. What is it? Timber Rattlesnake, something American Monitoring Project or something. But the acronym is actually Tramp, which I think is they could have done something slightly (laughs) different. But 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 uh, you know, but you get that right. You get why it's why Tramp, right?
1: Because Crotalus Heritus don't tread on me.
2: Yeah, that makes way more sense.
1: Just go on, Damn. sorry. Damn.
2: That's my brain's usually the one that works like that. Bro. It must be the mustache, bro. <laughs> Some mustache motion. Yeah. Um, no, but then no, that makes total sense actually. I'm I'm now I'm, I'm back on board with the name. So cool. <laughs> um yeah, so you know, like timber rattlesnake monitoring in, in Pennsylvania, highly involved. The the rescue. So there's stuff like that. We you know, I say we the members in that area get called out to go do some of that stuff with rescue. Um, and then there's also, like I said, the, the local training and, and the research part, but when it came out to conservation, I really kind of hit that one really hard when we started talking about, you know, the, the four pillars of what this is really standing for. And it was, you know, conservation of the animals, obviously because right. we're all into that conservation in general, but it's also the conservation to literally conserve human life to conserve money to conserve anti-venom, man, you know? right. to 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 just promote that knowledge like there's a lot more that goes into conservation as a as a you know as a 5 gallon bucket it's getting filled with more than just water of timberado snake conservation it's there's a lot of things to be conserved through a process like this and uh, and I think that that was one of the big things, and one of the reasons that I wanted to go first, and in, in in you know, and that's why Rudy and I decided that that was kind of going to be the first one with conservation first, then education, research, and training. Not that it's the most important, but that's really the key pillar, the four pillars that hold up this this organization, is conservation. Man, it's, I mean, yeah. conserving our knowledge, right? Like making sure that we're we're getting as much as we can, holding on to it for as long as possible, and then passing it on to new generations new people new places yeah and and i think that that's really what um is, is kind of in my opinion missing throughout a lot of this a lot of people are out there talking about what's going on and 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 i'm certainly not talking bad about anybody in particular any single part of the industry it's just it's it's one of those things where to promote to positively promote safe handling practices and to positively promote—that's a lot of peace, protocols, and um, you know—to to really get people to a point where even if they don't have to get a certification right. in right. their state, even if they don't—you uh, know—they're not; it's not mandatory in their state. Even if they, there's no actual certification that's nationally recognized or whatever, for them to be able to want to go through that course and be able to say, like, "Hey, man, now like, I I feel a lot better about having these animals now." Sure, uh, that I've taken this course, right? Like
0: that's what separates yeah, the men from the boys.
2: Hundred percent, man. And I think, I, you know, I think I think it's silly to to allow people with no driver's license to buy Lamborghinis. Like, this right. is My opinion. And, right? and there's also there's a whole
1: uh, absolutely, and there's a whole group there's a whole group of people who I don't want to say are bashful or timid or afraid to speak up or ask, but it's almost like. A, they don't know where to, where to go first. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. I, Hey, I want to get a mentor. Or I want to get some advice, but I don't even know where to look. Okay. And then at the same time, now they have a place that they can go to and, or, or a venue of sorts. And then the other one, that. Right. And then the other one is, is it's, it's cool to know what you're doing. Right. So if I don't know what I'm I doing, I either can take that leap of faith and say, I'm going to ask questions because you'll never know if you don't ask. Right. Um, but they're almost afraid to. They're afraid to ask. They're afraid to look a particular way. They feel like, oh, man, I can't ask that because then it will it'll discredit me in some degree, which I think is well, dumb. But to, people are like that, you know, and, and it's not necessarily their fault, per se, of how their mind not, that's, works. That's
2: called human nature, bro. That's biology. Right, bro. right. Like, literally, name, name the last time you did something, anything, where you didn't either, A, try to look good, or B, avoid looking bad.
1: It's every day,
2: bro. From the clothes you put on to like the the background to that, even with the mustache, like it was like yeah, you know a little a little rebel thing, right? It was right. A rebel thing. But it was like you know, no. But I'm yeah. just saying, like think, actually put a little bit of thought into that. Right. Nobody wants to look bad, bro. Especially exactly. when you're in a cool guy sport, right? Sure. Like sure. You know, people will be like, yeah, I don't. I've been bass fishing my whole life. I don't know how to go out to the ocean and catch sharks. Fishing, Do you know what I mean? But they're. Do you yeah. know what they're gonna do? They're gonna go with somebody who's been out catching sharks before. Why, why is this any different, man? Why is this any different? Like owning. I don't care what anybody says. Practicing with a Mastacoeus, or mm. no, what is it now, Kaluber elegans. <laughs> Practicing with the with the, any sort of a rat snake because right. you want to buy a mamba. Dude, it's, it's, not even, it's not even the same, man. It's not the same. It's not even the same. And, and we've, and we've talked conference. about this. That's like being like, I'm gonna right, a exactly. Because someday I want to ride dragons.
0: Like, even in yeah. the back of your mind, you can yeah. sit there and tell yourself, okay, pretend this is a mama, but you know if you get bit, nothing's going to happen.
2: Dude, yeah. not to mention, yeah, it's like that, except for the fact that a mama can stand up and look you in the eye <laughs> when it's at the end of your hook. Right. Easily. Oh, also, they're way faster. Yeah. Oh, also, they're actually deadly oh actually I don't know. Deadly. It's... more aggressive oh actually like bro it's not even it's not even the same right. animal man that's like like literally and i keep you i don't know why i'm so into these car things right now it Makes some like it's, so it's a good analogy
1: man I'm it's a great it's... it's
2: it's one that makes sense to everybody right if you're right because yeah. everyone
1: knows everyone knows cars to a certain degree you know what i mean yeah, and but, but
2: think about like that's like saying like i'm gonna i'm gonna go out and buy myself a 1987 ford ford escort um, because I got a, I got a Lamborghini coming in the mail next week. Like, right. it's yeah. not the same, man.
3: Right. Right.
2: Do you know what I mean? Like, 100%. Yeah, you'll, get, you'll get the gist. Just, yeah, I totally agree. But yeah. You might as and well you can, the belt. <laughs> like, you can
1: even go a step further and say there's individuals that, uh, and, and maybe they're, maybe it's their own fault. Maybe they don't know any better, which could be a fault, but they get their learner's license, you know? And then the day after they get their driver's license, their actual driver's license, they buy an F1 Formula race car.
2: Yeah, you know? It makes no sense. Because, like,
1: let's let's be real. Like, you wouldn't really get into cars, right? I don't know shit about cars, but there are Ferraris now that are not manual transmission. It, it automatically has, like, paddle shifters, and it, it cycles through the gears for you. It downshifts for you. Yeah. That is not how venomous reptile keeping or dangerous animal keeping or potentially hazardous animal keeping is. So it really is a great analogy no, you it's, it's say an eight
2: speed with the triple clutch bro and it, you all, exactly. by way, all by the way by the way you're going to accidentally hit nitrous and never know when that's happening exactly <laughs> just, Exactly. Just be, oh yeah. on, on the black ice that you can't see by the way just
1: 100% 100% be, like,
2: like so, really that's that's what it's like man and so yeah. I, I love this industry man to be a part of the, the not just the reptile community but the venomous reptile community in particular um, but really to be like to, to be a part of this community has been awesome for me, man. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. But I don't want to be the one to stand up and say like, dude, something has to change. But you know what? Somebody has to stay stand up and say something. Yeah,
0: I was actually thinking about that the other day. You know, just it's like it's uh, at what point are we collectively gonna say, all right, the YouTube bullshit, it's got to stop. You know, That's, these yeah. are the wrong... We're following the wrong people. The wrong people are being the representatives for this hobby. And, I mean, I'm just as guilty of it as anybody else. You know, I don't want to be it. the one to, to stir the pot, at least publicly. I have my opinions about people, you know, behind closed doors. Right, um, right. But I was thinking about that. And, I, I mean, I, I think we're, we're seeing sort of a shade of it with U.S. Arc and, you know, the clickbaity thumbnails on YouTube videos with, with things, you know, when we're all trying to fight this battle and you got people posting, you know... Thumbnails of you know about Retics and stuff like that, and the drama, and it's like you're completely screwing up what we're trying. Like we're you're drilling holes in the back of the boat while we're up front trying to bail out the water.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. You're absolutely right, dude. That's exactly what's happening, man. That's a great analogy. Back to the boats, boats and and cars, man. Yeah, boats and
1: cars. cars. So Henry Bray always brings up a great point too, is because obviously Henry's a networking guru, especially with Southeast Asia, because that's his his second love.
3: I think he's in the uh, triad.
1: He's he's not in the triad. Um, but he you know he always brings up the fact that a lot of people in Southeast Asia, with their field collected or their captive-bred Southeast Asian species of venomous, a lot of it's free handling. And that's why you know we always joke about manual manipulation. It's like what's the difference between free handling and manual manipulation? Well, these people are free handling, but if you watch meticulously, it is definitively part of their culture in the sense that they got mentorship to do things a particular way with their hands. And if you watch the animals, nothing is showboaty, nothing. There's no cobras above their head. They're not, you know, I'm not talking about the guys in the tourist traps with the pit full of cobras and they're smacking them on the head. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about guys, (laughs) guys and gals, right. You're backhanding them. Yeah. Bitch slapping the cobras. No, these, these individuals, they're meticulously monitoring their individual specimens. And the animal is not in any distress. The animal is at peace and calm. And the husbandry is tip top. So when we speak about the free handling or or the show boating, that's the real issue. It's not necessarily picking the thing up with your hands or having to use your hands to some degree or another. Because I mean I don't there like are, either. There, there are situations when when you may have to get hands on, and that's something that you would train for. For
2: a, for a lot of the lapids in yeah. general, like tearing arguably a safe way for yes. most vipers even including big rattlesnakes i think that it's still relatively unnecessary in my personal opinion i would, I
1: would wholeheartedly uh, agree
2: for for most vipers however yeah. for a lot of the lapids it's actually the safer way to do it at times because yeah it's the only way you can keep a, an animal that can travel across a 40-foot room in two and a half seconds at 18 miles per hour right and then kill everybody in the room with one bite it's the only way yep. to keep that animal from flying off the hook <laughs> like, yeah. like yep. sometimes it's actually a safer way to go i mean steve right. Irwin, um you know i love him to death and i know he comes up a lot in this stuff but like you know he, he kind of sensationalized the whole thing and the tailing and whatever else i mean man i get mean, go to my facebook right now you will see a, a picture of me back on my profile pictures from back in the day or post or whatever from six seven years ago when i was 10 years old Holding the bull snake t- way taller than I am by the tail, with his head all the way down on my feet, because that's that's what I grew up watching on TV. Sure, but the reality is, man, the media in general, TV in general, man, like dude, they don't even have animal shows on Animal Planet anymore. Like, yeah, yeah, like like we sensationalize everything so much that if you're not the the ringleader of the ass clown circus, as Mike Clarkson put it to me, <laughs> if you're not the ringleader of the ass clown circus. And uh, and you know the the seventeenth the member of Jackass, um, you're you, you're nobody. And, and we trained, we as a society trained these people to do the things that they do. And I'm not just talking about just venomous snake handling stuff at this point. I'm talking about all of it. But like, there's something super macho for most people. There's something super macho about a dude that has three cobras and a gaboon in his apartment right? There's like a macho factor there. The same reason we want, you know, a Hummer and a Lamborghini in our garage, sure. want, you know what I mean? Like the speedboat sure. and the yacht and the water, like there's something super macho about that. And, and, uh, you know what? And to be honest, like, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. That's part of the reason. I mean, I've wanted to do this since I was like five, six years old, right. but there's still, still for me, there's something really cool. Like when you're like, Oh yeah, he's a venomous snake guy. And it like, Oh my God, like, that's wild dude. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, I'm that dude. You know and I
0: mean? then the <laughs> moment you explain that you're not a dickhead about it and that you do it in like the most professional and boring yeah. manner, then it loses sort of the sexiness. Because I've talked right. to people about it at work, too, and I was keeping Venomous, and they were like, Oh yeah. like you just keep them in a thing yeah. and you don't ever like they don't free roam or anything. It's like, Nope. I don't even touch it. like
2: in fact I've 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 owned I've owned that snake for seven years and I've physically never touched a scale on its body because I have no reason right. to.
1: You never you know had I mean? to,
2: like, Yeah, or, I can't or, tell you.
1: I can't tell me how many people from back in the day, you know, they friends from high school or college, and they're like, "Hey, man, you still playing with snakes?" Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, I really want to get this crazy viper that I saw on Pinterest. You know, can you can you get this for me?
2: And it's, yeah, like, it's like some white you, the palm viper, like some trimeresurus or something. Yeah, or or, like,
1: or it's it's the it's the hispida that was photoshopped to be red.
0: Yeah.
3: yeah, yeah,
1: you know, shit like that. And I, I tell them flat, I'm like, no, and. You're not going to want it. And then they get defensive and they say, well, why can't I do it? You do it. And I was like, well, because you want it for the wrong reasons, man. You're, you're going to either get hurt, hurt someone else, hurt the animal, and you're going to get sick of it after a month because it's not what you thought it was.
2: Yeah. So. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work. And it's a lot of times it's, it's not even really all that fulfilling all the time for sure. Like, to keep yeah. venomous, especially a lot of them at once, like it's, sure. it's a lot of work, man. But, um, you know, Part of that, too, is like if we can properly through through our trainings, certifications, things like that, with these medical professionals and nurses through the Venom Institute, properly train a lot of those people to better educate the people that come in with the bites. Right. 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 Now they're hearing it from multiple sides and and now they're sitting in there, you know potentially struggling in a ton of pain. And they're like, they have, they have some knowledge behind there besides the one and a half paragraphs they did seven years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I think that there's a lot to be said for that as well, you know, and that's one of the reasons that currently right now through the venom Institute, like I said, we're doing these webinars about once a month. Um, they'll all be available through the website. Once that launches in, in, uh, in April sometime in April is what we're shooting for. Um, but even now through the Facebook you go to venom Institute on Facebook and, and, uh, about once a month we're doing those things right now. And it's basically these medical professionals talking about snake bite and all of these types of issues. Um, and right now they're free to the public. And I mean, at some it's point once awesome. this whole like, COVID what? thing's all over assuming, well, one or two things are gonna happen. It's either gonna be over soon, or, or we're all gonna be dead. But <laughs> once the whole, we're not getting into that, but once this whole COVID thing kind of, you know, we're able to do a little bit more, we're actually gonna start doing more in-person ones and doing more online ones with just a small fee, whatever. But that fee is gonna help go to, um, really growing this this program and being able to get our guys out to do the trainings and being able to print more material and pamphlets and you know that's so you know what five bucks, five bucks to go to a yeah. webinar with Jeff Og like, absolutely. And, 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 and was there, again, the
0: Spencer Green one didn't yeah. did that one already happen?
2: I believe that was the last one. I, three weeks say, ago, I
0: remember, yeah, I I wanted to tune in and I
2: never did. You're bad, bro. I know. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, yeah, I think it was three, four weeks ago that Spencer did one. So I I just really want to be able to get this good information out there to these people, man. And, and a lot of it is just, you know, a lot of the, the medical education and stuff is on pre-hospital care. Yeah. More like that EMT first aid wilderness type stuff. Like, what do you do, man? There's so many people that still think like tourniquets are a good idea or that suction cups and snake bite stuff. Like, yeah, is a good idea. And, like, man, there's two things you need in your snake bite kit, man car keys to get to the hospital and, and a cell phone for 911. Like, that's it. That's your whole snake bite kit. Like, that's all you got to do. You know what I mean? Like, really, that's what it comes down to.
0: And I mean, um, like, like with the third world countries and stuff too, I mean, when you're streamlining that, pro- streamlining, not streamlining, streamlining that process, you know, like every, every minute, every second counts, every, you know, it all matters. So the most, when you can compact that down to where you're getting people to where they need to be as soon as possible, like that, that's going to save people's lives.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. In fact, you know, so I think it was in India, um, in India, That was actually one of the things that was set up so we got a pretty good donation from remote medical kind of the first year year and a half that the asf was around um and a lot of that money actually went to helping provide with some cell phones and communication out in those areas that are just a couple few hours away from real good help but (laughs) a lot of the taxi drivers man they weren't wanting to take people into town to get medical help because they're dropping out snake victims who have to get rushed in right away and now they're standing there, you know, like with their pockets empty, going, Well, who's gonna pay for this two hour drive I just made? Yeah. They don't have ambulances and that infrastructure with fire trucks and they don't have that, bro. They don't have flight for life, right? Yeah. They don't have they don't have that, man. They got mopeds and, and petty cars. Yeah. And like mule drawn carriages and yeah, dude. Yeah. Some places for sure. So so how do you how do you promote how do you promote medical transportation for people that have really no vested interest in, in getting these people to help. They don't know them from Adam, like they don't even know what's what's like hundred percent, man. So we actually took a good portion of that money. We're actually able to help set up with, with vouchers. We go to the hospitals and say, we're prepaying for the the next hundred taxis or whatever it happened to be, give them the vouchers for it up front. And every time somebody would bring a a snake by victim in, they drop off the snake by victim, they go inside, they get their voucher, and then it's, it's turned in for cash and they got back nice. for the ride. We basically prepaid for all of it. And 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 just just being able to put that little bit of infrastructure in there. make I think about how many potential lives that little change was able to make, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so here we're incredibly fortunate. And I think that that honestly is kind of part of the problem because
0: I can see that. These
2: guys yeah, dude, these guys know like these guys
0: There's always going to be the safety net.
2: Dude, that's yeah. exactly it, man. Like like driving 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 a formula 1 F, you know, F1 formula 1 race car on a crazy track you've never been on with no helmet, no fire retardant suit, no roll cage is not the same. Yeah. As as doing it in one where you have all of those things. And when you know you're that you're and when you know you're that well protected, I guarantee you the third time you go on the track, you're taking the curves a little more, you're Mm, pushing a little more, hitting the gas a little harder, using the brakes a little less, shifting down a little bit more because you have that built-in security net, right? Right, right. So I think part of part of this entire venture is educating a lot of the public that, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, we got great, great doctors, great medicine, great everything. But that's not a guarantee that when you get bit on your ankle or on your hand, that it's not gonna be right right through your main artery. And it's yeah. actually gonna be the fact that you bleed out in five minutes. Has right. absolutely dude, the venom hasn't even had time to take effect yet. It's barely yeah. running through your 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 lymphatic system in, in bloodstream at this point. Yeah. And you bled out. Like it's there's no guarantee for that, man. You know I've
0: mean? said it a million times, like especially when we're dealing with exotics and stuff, doctors don't know what the fuck a gaboon viper is. Yeah. They've never heard of yeah. a monocle cobra. They're aware well, of rattlesnakes, cotton mounts, copperheads, you know, whatever well, native species they're probably vaguely aware of. They probably don't even know that much about them other than that they exist. But you talking mean, about like squams and stuff, they're they're clueless.
2: We've had yeah. we've had we've had we've had actual cases where uh, we even went up north a couple years ago that I touched on when we talked ten months ago. So I'm not going to go super into detail. If people want to hear the entire story, they can go back to the ten months ago. Uh, you'll have to at the end say what episode that was so they can find Right, it. right. Um, but
0: I believe it was or, 79.
2: There you go. That sounds that sounds about right. Um, you know, but we, we talked a little bit about it. But you know, poison Patrol gets called in. Girlfriend brings her brings her boyfriend in, uh, and says he was bit by a cobra. Poison Control's like, "Dope, man, I did all this training." Like Yeah, yeah unfortunately it was an Indian cobra, and he gave him a, a, a an African elapid polyvalent. Yep. <laughs> and and then it was 18 and a half hours before he got the actual antivenom yeah. flown up from Miami Dead venom one. Yeah. All the way all the way up into the, the frozen north. And, and 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 that wasn't the poison Control guy's fault per se. Like Hey, that's where the protocol stuff comes in. Man. They can't like, know
0: everything either, you know.
2: Dude, get it to go card, man. Get it to go yeah. card, laminate it. It says what the animal is, common name, what the animal is, scientific name, length, <laughs> like whatever, like update it every once in a while. Dude, put it on a little card that's in there. So, like, if, if your girlfriend has to run you to the hospital, instead of going and saying it was the cobra, take the card, man. Like it has the yeah. antivenom listed right on it, yep. starting child. I just did that. hospitals that have it. The number to poison control. Yep. Your personal doctor, that as a responsible keeper who had gone through one of our courses, would know that you you called your doctor and said, "Hey, man, I'm legally keeping these these three cobras, these two gaboons, these three atheris in my one bedroom apartment. So if I come in with a bite, just be aware it's probably going to be from one of those."
0: Yeah. And be aware that what I say it is is actually what it
2: is. Yeah. yeah. You can You come so, in with a
0: cobra and people will be like,
2: like an Dude, actual cobra? Re- yeah. Like, how do they know person, if you know like, what it is? But as a responsible keeper, you should be able to go to your doctor and like and, and have that conversation with them, especially if if you have them legally, right? It should be a non-issue. Well, see, like, here's
1: a, so here's the issue with that though. Like I live in an area that's heavily, heavily populated, right? Extremely dense. I know which is my closest hospital, which is the one I'm not going to because it doesn't have the proper trauma facilities. And I know which hospital I am going to. And sadly to say, because of all the keepers down here, that hospital has actually had more exotic bites than any other hospital, I think in the Southeast. So whether that doctor on, on staff that night has been one of those guys, I'll never know. But again, I chose that hospital in my bite protocol. And for those who don't know where to begin with making said card, right? that we were talking about where you just take it and bring it with you. Um, I can't remember who did it. I don't know if it was maybe Cody or was it, no, you know what it was? It was Derek. Derek talked about having a carabiner on the card and he clips the card onto his waistline on his belt loop for each individual cage that he opens and maintains. Now again, a little meticulous, but wholeheartedly worth it. So I, before Learning that from Derek, um, I actually had Cloud Forest Design makes these beautiful little laminated, you know, display bars that you put on your enclosure that has a map with the ICU and red list and some factoids about the specimen and a picture of the scientific name coming. Well, I said, that's all beautiful and great, but I don't need any of that information crap. I want the anti venoms on there. So I wrote to cloud forest and said hey i want this species that species and i'm going to give you the anti can you make it big and bold in the bottom and what i did was i put velcro on the back and that's velcroed on the cage so that if i have god forbid something happens i just rip that sucker off and if i can stick it in my pocket or my waist or even velcro it to my mustache <laughs> at least i know what's what and the antivenin. I, I it
2: reminded me of something <laughs> right
1: just
0: shove it in your pants
1: yes yeah. and and at the same time i didn't put just one anti-venant i put multiple because you don't know what's gonna be available. Like mm-hmm. for example, for the longest time, Samar was not available in the United States because of an equine virus that the that the United States Health Departments were afraid was gonna infect horses in the US, which again doesn't make any sense to me, but what do I know? So just because that's the the, the weapon of choice doesn't mean that you're gonna have it at your
2: disposal, God forbid the time of need. Absolutely, man. But that's that's what that's what, you know, again. Um, and, and I'll say it publicly, I don't care. That's what separates the man from the boys. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Right. Like, and, and, and being that responsible keeper and honestly, man, like it really isn't even that much extra work. You kind of just kind of got to go not. through it once. <laughs> like, like you kind of just got to go through it once and then you're done. It's not like, you have to update it every day, man. You yeah. Really don't. Right. And, I mean,
0: even so- the bright, the bite protocols from Pittman. I mean, yeah, what, yeah. The, like the basic North American crotalid ones, like $5.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know you're not you're not gonna bring in like a, a two thousand page book and hand it to the right. doctor and be like, oh, exactly, you're like exactly, that, man, dude, like put it down there. And here's the thing, too, like you said, you you said your whole thing with your doctor, right? You're in South Florida. You got Jeff Fobb there, Miami dade Venom One. Yep. At Miami dade Yep. Not for much longer. Four or five, six more months, maybe. Yeah, something like that. And then uh you, you got Benjamin Abo of course um you up in your neck of the woods up there you got sean bush right down the road yep but listen man they don't even have to be local man yeah you know nate over at m toxins leslie Boyer is the snake by doctor and half the time when when the potentially was going to be an issue she'd be in spain or something meeting with jean-philippe chapeau in france or whatever like doesn't matter take the call Mm -hmm. she can coordinate she will say what are his vitals? What is this? What is that? You can have a snake by a doctor that you made friends with who's on call. And your little card says, call this dude. You know, when yeah. when uh, I was down in Arizona, um, what was it three summers ago? Biology. Oh, of the God,
0: that's man. the first time I've seen Biology. your head. And, like you're, you're, you're complete without a hat.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm growing my hair out, man. We're about to do Viking Dutch braids. So it's gonna... <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, man. So I, I, I was down there and, uh, a, a bite happened. It was Mark O'Shea, <laughs> And, uh, while, while we were down there, you know, there was an accident, there was an accident and he was flown out and he called, he, he made the doctors call his, his doctor, his on-call doctor at Oxford in England. Yeah. Woke him up in the middle of the night because it was midday here. Right. Woke him up in the middle of the night, and and uh, they kept saying, like, you're going to have to get antivenom, whatever. And he's like, dude, it was a, you know, two hour by the time I took the ambulance, and then we took the flight for life and I ended up in Deming. Like, it's, yeah. it's been two hours. Like, if I didn't die yet, I'm not going to. You know, yeah. that's where his yeah. mind's going because he knows right. this stuff. Yeah, he's of doing course. it his whole life. Yeah. And he said, he, they kept saying, like, you're going to need to get this antivenom. You need to get this antivenom. He goes, no, man. If my doctor on the other side of that phone in Oxford, England, says i need anti-venom then i'll take it but until he says that i'm not taking it right and that, and that's what he said but and and they literally went through the whole thing and he ended up doing it without he had to sign a waiver and all this stuff but and i'm not saying people shouldn't get antivenom. venom that's not at all what i'm promoting right because was a bad neurotoxic bike as well however what i am saying is he had a dude on the other end of the world on the line with the local doctor who had no idea who mark was had no idea who this other dude was and mark said you're not doing a thing to me as far as treating this without his approval period yeah you have to have a local doctor man to to have a bite protocol doctor that's going to back you up in those types of situations sure right and so that's, and that's one of the things that I highly recommend, man. And if like, if you're keeping venomous and stuff, especially in an area like that, and, and you know, not signaling you out, but I'm just saying in general, if you're keeping yeah. venomous, especially if you're trying to do it responsibly in any sense of the word, like make friends with those guys, man.
3: Of course. Literally,
2: make friends with those guys. Yeah. And now to be clear, these guys are all emergency positions, have full-time jobs. They're all, all of those guys that I've mm-hmm. aforementioned pretty much as far as the snake bite stuff are a part of the snake by foundation. We've basically brought them all on at this point from Spencer green to Ben able to, I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're all on it. And, um, so they have a lot, they have a lot going on plus personalized. So I'm not saying everybody that listens to this podcast needs to call Jeff Fob and say, Hey, I need a snake by doctor. And he gets, 3, yeah, I was in requests in the next month. <laughs> right. right <laughs> what right. I'm saying is like, just be intelligent about it, man. It doesn't have to be that person. Sure. And even then, like, even if it's somebody that, you know, puts you down as a point of contact and you're like, hey man, like, like, you may not be able to consult medically, but at least you'll be able to say, like, hey man, I know that these three places have it. Put me on the phone with poison control and let's, you know, let's compare notes real quick and make sure that yeah you know, I know this dude. I know what snakes he has. And it was not an African cobra, man. He owns three cobras and they're all Indian cobras. Like you don't need to be a medical doctor to know that an African polyvalent probably wasn't the best call for That guy that owns three Indian cobras, like you. you, I think that there's still ways to do that. I'm saying, I'm not saying you need to be the medical guy, the medical director for your buddy, right? But at the same time, like, shit, man, I would take that over over nothing.
1: Yeah, and I think I think it's also great too. You know, we used to when when I had the venomous class going big, and we had you know 10, 15 people that were partaking in it on a weekly, monthly basis. We used to do once a year. We had what we called a uh, spouse famili- familiarity. familiarity, So basically familiarity. So basically what we do is we pick somebody's house who's willing to host, we order some pizzas and I made a slideshow on PowerPoint of do's and don'ts for the other people that you live with and basically checklists. And then I showed a bunch of, for lack of a better word, messed up bite photos just to kind of, you know, put the fear of God in the wives and the boyfriends and the, make it real, the, the roommates. Right. Right. And, Basically saying that, yeah, I could have this card in my hand, Velcro to my mustache, but if I'm unconscious, what do you do now? This is you know, good. if I went into anaphylaxis yeah. and I'm completely out for the count, for lack of a better word, on the brink of death on the floor, limp, eyes rolled back, what do you do? What's your next step? And we had those checklists made and we had those procedures, those protocols put in place. So I agree with you 110%. Get all your ducks in a row. Not saying that they're going to happen, but if they do, you're ready.
2: You know? No, man, but you know what? Like, I, I, I'm i I'm a big believer in, like, you know, I would rather have 150% preparedness for yep. worst-case scenario and never need it than have 30% preparedness and need it tomorrow. Right. 100%, right. Man. It's like, you know, it's the seven Ps, man. It's, uh, Proper prior
0: planning prevents poor performance.
2: Yeah, nailed it. So, so let me ask <laughs> my, you. This. My middle
0: school principal used to tell us that all the time, and yeah, it dude. stuck with me.
2: My college advisor, same thing. So, so let me let me ask you guys both this: How often do you guys do anything in the venomous room with an open cage of any sort, whether it's watering, feeding, anything like that, without a second person?
1: Every other day. Every day.
2: By yourself. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's a terrible idea. I don't have anyone to do it with. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's true. But you could know, no, at least playing
0: video playing chat with me or something while you're doing it, Phil.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll for, watch I mean, you honestly, and critique you and say you're you're filling that bowl wrong. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Like at least, at least, then somebody. No, I mean when, when I. Somebody, somebody can call nine one one if you yeah. cannot.
0: It's true.
1: It's very true.
2: When I was keeping my a truck.
0: And the and I was keeping the copperhead. I I made a very conscious decision to make sure that my my roommate at the time was around in case something did happen. I think there was maybe one or two times that I did it without them being around, but
2: yeah, and you know I what? almost and
0: always the, made sure that that someone was there in case you know. But it's, but it's, again, reason.
2: it's it's that it's that conscientious like as often as possible. If we have a second person, I'm like, you don't even need to like snakes. Like you don't need. You don't even need to right. come in here right. or look at them. Like, basically, right. here's the thing: if I say I'm bit, I just need you to call them one. Like, that's it. That's that's your entire job. Like, that's all I need you to do, right? Yeah. That's still better than nothing. It's true. Alternatively, like you know, most okay, of the time, it, I'd
0: even tell me. them that I was even doing
2: stuff. Yeah,
0: I'd usually let them know, like, hey, I'm, I'm, don't, you know, the door will be closed. Don't open it. I'm, I'm, you know, the Aatrox is going to be out because I'm, it'll be bucketed, but still, you know, I'm, I'm going to yeah, be working the stuff like so I don't such... come in.
2: At the museum, you know, we had all 24 species of U.S. rattlesnake um, that mainland ones, right? Two of each species. Um, we still have all that there at, at the museum in Hayes, Kansas. And, you know, anybody that was coming in as a second person, whatever, helper, um, assistant, keeper, assistant, whatever it happened to be, graduate student, wh- whoever it was, the second person, like, if they sometimes at the point where like if, if i could just see that they were super distressed they didn't get enough sleep, they're super stressed about work whatever like they were distracted dude there was no headphones no music right yeah. like dude, you're just not allowed to do any of that stuff like i need all of your focus right here mm-hmm. there's like right there, there's a there's a five foot a truck's on the floor there's a six and a half foot <sighs> oh dog but, I know, mean, I, I
0: even went as far as to put my phone on silent when I was yeah. doing anything with them, because I just any any kind of distraction, even if it's for like a half a second. You know, your phone goes off in your pocket, you feel it buzzing or whatever, like that kind of stuff. You know, even though I'd be it be five minutes, you know, pull the snake out, change the water, put it back in, locked up, back to normal. I still I put my phone on silent just because the, the, the least amount of distractions, you know, the best 100%. the better. And ask
2: any anybody who's who's a who's a professional, like handler, uh the guys at the labs that are milking that have been bit, every single one I'm gonna tell you it was literally one half of one second of yep. distraction that caused that bite. Pretty much ten times out of ten, man. Like, it, it, it does not take long. You just look over your shoulder because you hear a noise like, a, you know, a mouse knocks something over mm-hmm. in the other room and you just look over and that's it. Just, it's done. It's over. It already happened. Like, it literally, granted, it's not 100% of the time. But I'm telling you right now. It only now, takes dude, once. Dude. And it, and it does not take a long time, man. These things, you know, these things can strike it. Milliseconds. Dude, like, speeding bullet. <laughs> feet per second (laughs) like speeds man so um yeah i mean and 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 that's just that same kind of thing i mean the same way that i wouldn't you know recommend somebody go out and and buy a bazooka uh, just because they could with no weapon handling experience whatsoever I, i i just think i just think it's a poor decision and at the same time though i do want to revert back to to my original point from the last conversation we had almost a year ago and and back a little bit to the beginning here where that does not mean that I'm a proponent of them coming down in every single state and just saying that people can't own stuff or that,
0: you know, if you
2: don't do it their way, you can't do it at all. Because Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Over nine times out of 10, like they probably know a lot less than the responsible keepers. Right. Yeah. I
1: wholeheartedly agree.
2: Which is one of the reasons that this entire thing going out here is that the certifications and stuff is, it's not just through the Venom Institute. It's not just for, um, you know, medical professionals. That's a big proponent of it. And that's kind of where, where the, the big spiral started to happen, um, you know, a few years ago, but um, also police officers, fire department, um, game wardens, U.S. Fish and Wildlife, U.S. Forest <laughs> Service, like all of those people can do handling and training and whatever learn the animals learn how to tell the difference between a a, a coral snake and a
0: scarlet you know, snake scarlet, scarlet king, king whatever yeah.
2: yeah look at you know learn learn how to tell the difference between a nerodia you know the northern water snake and a, a juvenile copperhead like you know just yeah. learn like really educate these people on what's going on with that because fish and wildlife might know a lot of that stuff doesn't mean they're right. gonna have any idea how they're gonna react or what to do in the situation, if it's on a trail, whatever. Like generally, you know, they're just gonna leave it alone. It's on a trail, it's in nature. That's their, that's their deal, that's their house. But yeah. the police that show up to the call with with the the, the two diamond backs in the garage, when the construction painters show up, like they don't have that option, man. Like, and so so training people outside of the medical field is, is I think just as important and giving them that same ammunition and, and, and information, right? And right. two, with the whole handling, for me, that, that goes hand in hand. And, and it's not just because I own a company that manufactures snake hooks, right? It's not to upset right. me. For right. me, it really is. I, I would argue 10 100% of the time that it's safer for the human and the animal to have somebody who knows what they're doing with the proper tools, proper training, proper education. It's safer for the animals and the humans in every single situation. In no yeah. situation in my mind is it safer to have somebody who doesn't have the right tools, doesn't have the proper training, doesn't have the proper education going into that same situation. And it's a better deal for anyone. And yeah. in no way can I, can I even fathom that? Right? So for me, it's like, let's tie it all together. Let's do trainings, man. Let's train people on how to deal with these animals. Should they ever have to again and hope they never need to. Right. And, and that's all the way down to the same basic snake by triage, you know, To have, think about to have police officers be able to do that, right? Yeah.
0: Streamlining.
2: Yeah, it
1: also also comes down to putting, taking some of the fear out of those first responders' eyes because there's so many first responders that they don't care. They're just going to kill it. It's just, it's it's an issue that needs to be dealt with and that's how they're going to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So if we can eliminate some of that fear and, and replace that with an education to some degree, it's going to save more people and hopefully more snakes.
2: Yeah, you know, try try doing that with the with the four and a half foot gravid female hordes in yeah. certain states. Yeah, I mean, you can't just pull up, you can't just pull out your nine millimeters in somebody's garage. Like, I, I think I think it's just a better deal, right? In in, yeah. in my opinion, I, I really think that it is. Um, and so that that kind of comes all the way back around to. You know, what What we're really trying to push this year for the Venom Institute. And that's, we're going to take a lot of these these webinars and trainings with guys like Jeff Bob, Ben Abel, Spencer Green, uh, Sean Bush, all those guys, Nick Brandenhoff, and, and bring them back in full circle doing live webinars, man. Like I'm not, not live webinars, live education events, right? Yeah. As soon I'll as the you. world kind of opens back up. Yeah. And we'll I'm, still be doing webinars in the meantime.
1: I'm super stoked because... For the past ten or twelve years, however long they've been doing, you know, the venomous symposiums, I can't go to that. Whether it be a work issue, where I can't take the time off, or the fact that, to be honest, I can't afford it. I can't afford to fly across the, the continent, yeah, and then pay a lot of money for these classes when it's not my career, it's not my job. You know what yeah. I mean? it's not part of my schooling. It's just so that I can, you know, educate myself because I love this stuff, you know, and I don't have the benefit of being sponsored by. The, a facility or by a, a corporation or what have you. So yeah. the fact that you guys are doing that for a guy like me, I'm enamored. I can't wait to watch it.
2: Yeah, dude, a hundred percent, man. And, and we'll still have the real live ones, but like I said, with the, with the zoom ones, man, and, and eventually they're going to be, you know, just a little bit of money, but that, that type of stuff is going to allow us to, I mean, how do you think we're going to pay when, when we want to bring, you know, Sean Bush and Spencer Green out to do a full live weekend mm-hmm. of real medical talks where people in those towns and cities nurses and doctors, they're going to be able to get their CE hours. Yeah. So they're going to get actual accredited hours attached to their provider number to be able to keep their licenses. And this will count for that.
0: And I'm you sure they'd I mean? rather do that than be staring at a computer screen taking. Cause I, oh, I when I was, I did, a, I got my pharmacy tech thing and I remember having to do CE stuff and it was like, mind-numbing it was just yeah and um, and none. so
2: now now like that little bit that five dollars or whatever that it's going to end up at the end of this whole thing like i said eventually it's going to go from the free zoom for everybody to you know five bucks here ten bucks or whatever it happens to be but that's that's how we're going to be able to get these guys out to do this live stuff right now we can pay for that because we're 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 not we're not profit 501c3 yeah for the venom institute so you know that's just it's just a whole other organization and so that's a really, really big thing that we're, that we're going to be pushing throughout this year and trying to get as, as the world starts to open up, hopefully slowly, and hopefully sooner than later. Um, but that's something that I'm, I'm really, really super excited about, man, with snake bite stuff, pre-hospital care, on-site treatment, man, like, like all of those types of things, um, that I think that that's incredibly important for a lot of these people to know. Yeah. And, and two, all the way down to, like, you know, Boy Scout leaders and stuff. Like, I think it's a super, super important thing man. Um, mm-hmm. that, that gives them that option. So being able to tie that all together, man, is super, super exciting for us. Um, and, and a lot of it, too, is going to be going through, you know, basic toxicology. Um, so, you know, getting somebody like with Steve Mackesy, uh even, you know, Chip Cochran, we can get. Bill Hayes, like any, any of those guys who are biochemists, who specialize in, you know, U.S. viperid Venoms, mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about it on a, on a biochemical level and how it affects the nervous system versus hemotoxic versus cytotoxic versus neurotoxic, yeah. the yeah. combinations of them yeah, uh, and how it affects the body, what to watch for, what, when, is, when is enough swelling enough, like just all those little things, man, even not from the medical side. It's going to be a super, super fascinating thing, man. Um, you know, because like you said, like you said, Phil, we have Venom Week yeah. every year. We have uh, Spencer Green does the the Houston Venom Conference um, this year the for the first time. This will be our first annual. Uh, the Snakebite Foundation is doing one in October in Colorado. Um, I think it's October 6th. Um, tickets are going to sell out pretty quick. So... Keep an eye out for that one if you guys are anywhere really far away from all the other ones, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, that, that's the thing. Is, and they're becoming a little bit more popular. And, and, and again, all of those ones are, are other ones where people can actually, well, at least with Spencer greens, for sure to get CE stuff, but we're going to be able to do the same thing through, uh, through the ASF. And now through the venom Institute doing the same thing, kind of, kind of piggybacking on that, doing small versions, drip dropping that around the country over the next three to five years. That's the plan, right? Starting in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, growing it out, but being able to drip drop little weekend ones in here and there across the country to fill in mm-hmm. the gap between the major ones. Yeah. How cool is that for you now that you don't have to go to do that? And now granted, it's not going to be the exact same thing with the same speakers and the same stuff. It's still- However, it's, it's better than not being able to go at all. 100%. I, I look,
0: I look at it in terms of almost like, you know, a martial art or I guess even tactical training. Like you never see people that are, that are serious about it. They never stop learning things. They never stop practicing. They never stop training. There's always something that they're they're looking to learn or improve on. And I feel like with venomous stuff, especially if there's people that are serious enough about it, they're going to look at it in a similar fashion where they're going to sponge every bit of information they can, whether it be medical, practical, like physical techniques, stuff like that, you know. And I mean, yeah, I'm not keeping keeping venomous stuff aside from the boy gun currently but i you know i've talked in the past you know how recently i've been thinking about eventually i'd really like to get into some of that stuff and it's it's just a fascination like i don't i don't have any desire to be cool even when i was keeping venomous i didn't tell people i was keeping venomous because it was like they don't i don't
1: they don't get don't, it. They, they don't understand
0: well that and it's like there's it's not exactly something they need to know it doesn't matter like they're right. just gonna well, get you like you're crazy and so it's like to me, it's just a fascination thing. I want to learn about that stuff. I want to have all the skills and I want to continue to improve and I want to continue to know as much as I can. It's like, yeah, I might be a guy that just works at a cigar shop, but there's plenty of people in our hobby that are experts on things and they, you know, they work at Home Depot or something. They could be like the world's leading Boellin's expert. Right. It's like, uh, you know, I, I don't, there's just, there's something oh, I, about that that I like where it's like, yeah. you've you've done enough homework and you've done enough research and stuff to where you know more about these things probably than most doctors and nurses do. Does that make you qualified to tell people what they should and shouldn't do? No. But I don't know. I like the sort of that, that rogue aspect of it, I guess is the word.
2: But you you should, you should want to keep learning, man. If you're truly passionate about something, you truly love something like dude, to stop. I mean, it makes no sense, man. Like I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, you know? And, and the fact of telling people that you're keeping venomous, whatever, that that's that's again, that's the whole macho cool factor thing that that people are generally, you know, doing it for some reason. Now, to tell people you're keeping venomous in certain contexts, certain situations, certain people, like it makes sense, right? right? right. Like I don't expect Phil to never tell anybody, like keep right. it a, a dark hidden secret. That that yeah. also does him a huge disservice right like well in the context
0: of like i'm at work and a customer comes in and and they notice a shirt i'm wearing or something that's snake related they're like oh you keep snakes it's like yeah and they're like well what do you keep and you know pythons rat snakes whatever you keep anything venomous i'd be like no and it wasn't because i was trying to hide anything or anything like that it was purely just like i don't want to have that conversation a because i know they're going to ask me a bunch of stupid questions that i don't that i've already answered a million times to a million other people yeah and in the end they're just gonna think that you're some sort of whack job you know Yeah. so it's like i'm I'm not even gonna bother you know it doesn't matter i'm not doing it to to seem crazy or anything like that it's yeah there's no point it doesn't matter i do it for my enjoyment i don't have to tell the world about it yeah they don't
1: it's the same it's very similar like like firearms man you know you you wear a glock hat because you like it and it's cool and all of a sudden somebody in passing whether it be at a uh in a, at a party or you know friendly friendly get together or something, and someone says, "Oh man, you got uh, like your hat? You, you got you got a Glock, man?" They're like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, you know, I've got I've got one." Like they don't need to know that I teach submachine gun courses. Like they don't need to know that, but in the right circumstances, well, hell yeah, rock and roll, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's just because we're in an era where people feel the need, like everything has to be said, or you know, right? Everything has to be known.
1: Yeah, it, it's, can it's, exist it's, anymore. it's how you want yourself to be viewed.
2: Well, right? again, bring me back to like, you're either a always trying to look good or b trying to do something to avoid looking bad. I and mean, that's basically that's that's 100% yeah. of how we spend our time. And, yeah. and the reality, too, man, is, is like, you know, tying it back to the hobby, like, I don't understand why everybody has to go around telling everybody that they have all these crazy animals. Like, Oh you I got three gaboons and four, whatever. And, and, like, that's, yeah. Yeah. But, like
0: the contest. Don't you know?
2: Yeah. That's right? exactly it, dude. We're, we live in a world of, 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 of habitual one uppers. It's true. Like, habitual true. Line steppers. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like just, you know, habitual thunder stealers. Yeah. Habitual like, thunder- I, I hope people understood board.
0: that reference. What? So I hope people understood that reference.
2: I didn't.
0: Chappelle show when he was doing the the, the Rick James episode.
2: Mm-hmm. Dude, that went so far over Phil's mustache, he missed his hat.
1: <laughs> no, I, to- I totally see that, and and I- I've been
2: especially in a group, in
1: venomous, especially <laughs> in venomous, hundred uh, percent, or any any uh, uncommon, you know, herp, right? Whether it be crocodilians or bear large constrictors or bear ratt snakes, right? And like I've been in a group setting with a table of 15, 20, you know, animal keepers of all different stuff, zoo people, private collection guys, you know, people that strictly do field work. And somebody says, Hey, you know, I got this uh, thing on national geographic and it's going to be awesome. And, you know, I get to meet David Attenborough and whatever else. And then there's always somebody across the table. It's like, yeah, I was on that geo. It's all right. And it's like, why is that a thing? Why why do, why do people feel compelled to do that?
0: There's always a bigger fish.
1: Right. And and I've realized that there's there's two concepts to how you there's adding to a conversation and telling your experiences and some of your exploits from it. And then there's being that one-upping jerk.
2: Yeah, yeah and the, I, the habitual I, thunder stealer.
1: The habitual thunder stealer, right? <laughs> and it's it's rough, man. It is.
2: But so. you know, and it, it, it makes it hard for us, but you know, the reality is too by not keeping responsive but by not wanting to be educated by not going out of your way to be the best honing your craft like you said with martial arts um you know it's it's also making the job for other people more difficult you right.
3: Know?
2: right like like the doctors and nurses and poison control. Yeah. And all those are the people who have to deal with the after effects of that stuff.
0: The like illusion you that. that you'll roll into the hospital and they'll magically snap their fingers and yeah, get the, dude. get the IV ready and they'll magically fix you. And that's, the, the that's always been my
3: front
1: biggest
0: complaint. Yeah. You know I've been,
1: I've been in the ER, not myself, but with, with someone else who was invenomated. And I've watched the staff at hand who have done this before. But for whatever reason, it's almost like uh, you, know, you. when you train for something over and over and over again and then push comes to shove, you shake like a chihuahua, they're holding the antivenin in their hand and they're reading the, the instructions that are in Spanish or French or whatever it is because it's foreign, foreign liquid. And they're reading it, figuring out what to do. And it's like, you've done this before. So it, it, you have to have a spelled out plan and figure out how you're going to go about everything.
0: Really. Well, but that, that and I mean, it, put, put thing yourself thing. in their shoes too. Like, right, Oh, right. Hey, this guy got bit by, you know, a gaboon fix him. Yeah. Yeah. Make it happen.
2: And He's not conscious.
0: Yeah. Figure it out. Call somebody.
2: Yeah. You know, but that's, that's part of it too. Like, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard for me too, because I, I hear pretty much all the stories right like pretty much all the snake by stories from all the snake by doctors who i visit with on a fairly regular basis like i pretty much hear all the stories and um and it's frustrating man and especially when it's the same thing over and over again or or the same kid that for the third time in four years was bit by the exact same snake like, I hadn't even got rid of it.
0: Oh, man. It's frustrating it being... because it's so easily preventable and so easy uh, to right. make make everyone's lives easier, but they and choose like, not
1: to. I want to ask, how does that happen? But I, I know the answer. I yeah. just, I, like, you know what I'm saying? I know the yeah. answer. And that's the frustrating part.
2: But, yeah, but think about, it, think about it this way, too, though, man. Like, And I'm certainly not trying to write that off as a good idea, but do you, either one of you guys have friends that ride cross druggers. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know some people. Have they ever crashed? Of course. They buy a new one? Uh, I'm probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind yeah. of one of those things, right? Like yeah. when, you, when you love it, you love it, you do whatever. Like, right. I, I know friends that, that love firearms and go and shooting or whatever. And, you know, that somebody shot themselves because they didn't have the right holster. <laughs> you know, sure. Shot them, sure. Shot them right, through the, through, right through their cheek. And, uh, then as soon as it was all healed up, like they, they still had the same gun and they just got a different right. horse for it. Like, and, and I, I kind of get that concept to it as well. Right. But the reality is like, I don't know, one could also be used as a mode of transportation. It has dual purpose. One sure. could actually be used for a home protection. It has a dual purpose. Right. Owning an atheris squam and putting it around your neck while you're washing dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't really serve a dual purpose. And that's, that's more or less – like I said, I can understand it because people with guns and people with crotch rockets and people with fast cars that crash those, they just buy a new fast car. They
0: like have I, a connection I, I, I with I the animal, though.
2: It, but, dude, huh?
0: So they have a connection with the animal, though.
2: Yeah, dude, the connection is the, 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 the fang through their ear, like, <laughs> connection. Like, yep. Check out my new earring, bro. <laughs> yeah. I just it's don't, bleeding I just a don't, lot. Don't, I just don't understand, like, how uh, – like,
1: first of all, what made anybody think that was a good idea? First of all, the internet. It, it, like, well, no, no, it, it, it goes farther than that too, because there were people doing that. And I'm not talking about like the crazy churches that fling around cane breaks. There were people doing that before Instagram was a thing. For we sure. just didn't necessarily see it, but it comes down to now is that, Oh, I watched so-and-so freehandle their Diamondback, back. Yeah. So I know that my Diamondback back never rattles. It's always chill. It never coils up. It never S's up. It never holds its tongue out. Well, they, they may not observe that. That must
2: mean it's nice.
1: That must mean that he's okay with me. I'm going to push my limits and push my limits and push my limits. And then I get bit on the tongue. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: yeah and I, I just, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I don't really understand, man. And that's why I think we're like, I, I really do feel like there's a lot of people out there who have venomous animals. Um, who who choose to do it legally, even though they could probably get away with it, who do it responsibly, even though they don't have to, who could have more followers, but choose not to, who, if a a course or some sort of certification or training or whatever was available, even if it wasn't a recognized thing that gave them any benefit whatsoever, would probably still want to do it. I'm, I'm 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 looking at two of them right now yeah right yeah, like yeah. that that and and myself included like you know if that's a thing yeah man sign me up yeah you know i, I when i when I started getting into all this years ago it was I was going to biology of the the pit vipers before I really knew anybody I was going to venom week before I really knew much about it before I was yeah. involved in any of these organizations before I had venom life before I had get hooked before I had you know the ASF and and the snake bite, the Venom Institute and the Snake Bite Foundation and all that stuff. Like before any of those things were a thing, I was still super interested in right. learning about it. And, but there's
0: there's even a networking aspect to that too because you go to these things and then the you know the same doctors and the same people see you, at them and that shows them that you're serious and that you're you know you're you're yeah. putting effort into learning these things. And so when something happens or you go to them for you know, advice, or you know, even the doctor, you know, physician side of things. Like they, they can instead of you just being some guy on Facebook, right? You know, they're like, of, I remember my, this
2: guy. Yeah, dude, outside of my general biology degree, that's about as much as I know about the human body. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an EMT. I'm not a paramedic. I've never been a firefighter. I do not have a provider number. I haven't even done an EMT course. Right? Like, I intend to do that and do the nremt and whatever to, to at least be able to have something right but but these are the guys that i am super proud to call my friends and it's because before i was even close to being any any anything to where i'm at with my ability to do these things it was because that's exactly just that's exactly who i was I was a guy that I was there. I was serious. I was hungry for knowledge. I was networking. I was making friends. They saw me two, three, four of these things, and we started to become friends. And then, hey, well, you have a unique skill set to reach a lot of people that we can't. Mm-hmm. Like, let's team up. Yeah, and, uh, and that's basically like that's kind of the position that I hold. Like I said, as the conduit um, between the Herp Hobby World, the Venom World. The responsible training military handling world and then the medical world with the nonprofit stuff um, that's that's kind of the the role that I play and it's only because I do take it very very seriously and I'm not even a doctor yeah but I got every, every, every single one of them on speed dot yeah right? and I'm, I'm proud to be able to say that I don't I don't name-drop because I'm trying to be cooler up my followers I in fact I can't even fit anymore I'm maxed out of 5,000 I have been for years so I'm not trying to up my followers, right? I I do it because, uh, well, one, I mean there is there is credential to that, Nick. and and to be honest, sure. I'm proud to be able to say that that I'm in that position. I, I earned it. Yeah. And and I'm still more importantly, I'm still working hard to continue to earn it every single day. Because the day I stop being that guy, then you know they kind of have no use for me, and and how yeah. really have much to offer them.
1: And just and just guess. to go round robin to the the macho thing, I it's not a matter of if I take set courses; it's a matter of when I take set courses. I would be proud as hell that I took those courses, Dude, even if I didn't
2: framed in my venomous it, room for sure.
1: Exactly, my office, ex- yeah. exactly. Even if even if I didn't retain anything, right? I still would be <laughs> proud
0: because your to, mustache stole all of it,
1: right? I would be proud to know that I took those certifications. I I gained that level of knowledge and continue to do so,
0: you know? Well, I mean, going back to the martial arts thing, like people, people want to go straight to getting that black belt. They don't want to go through the steps. They like, and it's, it's community slash hobby wide. You know, I'm not saying it's everybody. I'm just saying it seems very obvious to me that for, for a percentage it's it's about the destination and not the journey. Not to get too like philosophical, but you're like you're to- totally totally. It's it sh- like I you know even with my stuff, like I could buy a pair of you know those Bimaculata maculata tomorrow and and breed them next week, but I want the time you know I I want it, to it's enjoy enjoy it like enjoy the experience, enjoy the you know the ride of it, and instead of being in such a hurry to get to that quote unquote finish line which doesn't ever exist. Right. You know, it's like just enjoy it. Like enjoy learning about the medical side of things, the you know, the biochemistry stuff like yeah. I find that stuff super interesting. I want to learn that stuff. Whether yeah. it helps me or not, I still like I just find it interesting and that's I don't I don't like to get it's, too preachy, but that's just it's about it's the, not, the the journey, journey, not the destination.
2: You're 100% right, but you know, think about it too this way like you have and I know I'm yelling across the room now because I'm, I'm, I'm about to grab something. But, um, you know, think, think about it right along those lines. Like, show me one of these top guys that are in a venom lab or the guys that are doing the milkings in the, in the real labs that are doing real work for real anti-venom anywhere in the world. Ask them who their mentor was. I guarantee you their predecessor, the one who was the best at it before them, is the one who trained. them.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because none of these
2: guys really popped up out of nowhere, dude. They didn't just show up one day and be like, hey, I'm going to do that. Like, Yeah. No. Yeah. No, there's there's a reason there's only six venom labs in the country and only four of them are doing anti-venom. Like, right. Do you know what I mean? There's only, there's only a few guys actually doing it. And all of them learn from the guy before them who learned from the guy before them and ultimately are all somehow, you know, grandchildren of Bill Haas. But yeah. that, you know, that's just that's just the you don't but. become
0: the grandmaster overnight right right and i think the people that that have taken that time and they have done the things and you know gone through all the steps and have put hours you know of their life into into these things and learning like they should put years, put feel, years yeah, they, they, they should that's overall that's what i meant but yeah. like they should be proud of that and they should have the respect of people and stuff like that because they've done the work you know they've they've they firmly earned that position.
2: Yeah. 100% man. So this, this, this quick stack of books, I don't know. What is it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I grabbed like the seven books off the shelf right here uh, in my little RV camper that I'm in. Uh, yeah. Venomous snake by the West United States snakes, ecology and evolution uh, venomous animals and their venoms reptiles, venomous animals and their venoms invertebrates. Uh, then you just have venoms um, <laughs> snake venom poisoning, like these are <laughs> these are all just books on books on books, man. Thousands and thousands of pages. This is just a short stack, and I'm not I'm not a PhD. I mean, I've been done with school for for years, and um, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to do any of those things, but I am continually learning, educating myself, and. And, and it's things like this, too, right? Like, I, I love being out there as the educator, talking to people, bringing this stuff to light, doing these podcasts with you guys. Man, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And, um, you know, to be able to be that face, that representative of, of, you know, this side of such a cool industry. And not the only one, obviously, right? But to be able to be somebody who, like, is recognized for sure you know, being, being yeah. that part of the venomous industry. And and, oh, yeah. and, uh, and and I love that, man. I absolutely love it. I thrive on it, but I wouldn't be able to do it. One, probably at all to anywhere near as effectively. If I just was like, wow, oh, I got a degree in zoology and I, I did some training stuff and now I have a venom company, venom life and you know, whatever. So I'm just going to stop. Like I'm always trying to continue to learn, man, which is why yeah. I do want to go do my NRENT and you know, and, and I'll get a certificate and I don't have any intention of riding on the back of an ambulance or becoming a paramedic. Um, for a job that I want to be able to have that, that certification in my back pocket, right. Yeah. Be, able to be able to have that. Right. And, and so it's the same thing. I think that, I think that if it's offered and here's the other really cool thing, man, I think it's one of the ways that let's, let's tie it back to, to weaponry because that's a big topic in the United States right. pretty much always, but especially right now, you know, you have your CCW concealed carry, whatever you could have, three buddies that all had guns, but if, so the four of you are out, right? You're all carrying Three of you have your CCW. The other one just took the Glock out from under his dad's pillow and put it in his, in his waistband. Like,
3: yeah,
2: hundred percent. But I mean, just think about that analogy real quick, right? Like you guys were already going to have a little bit more mutual respect. And two, feel safer yeah. around the ones who had the sir. One hundred percent, right? Yeah, already. One hundred percent. Even let's pretend. Let's pretend that you didn't have a weapon. You've never shot a gun in your life, but you're out with three of your friends who have. Two have their CCW, one hasn't. You don't even know really what that stands for. You're already gonna feel better about those two guys just because they have it. Yeah. Even yep. if you don't even know what it means and you've never shot a gun yourself, right? So why can't we do something similar? Within this industry, and be able to say, you know what? So now, now you got three friends who are doing venomous stuff, and one of them's like, ah, poppycock! I, you know, whatever. I don't need, I don't need no certification. I got YouTube, hundred percent. Like you are, you already kind of singled that dude out, and I think that alone will kind of ostracize some of those people. Sure. And now they're no longer the cool guys because. Because the cool guys are doing it responsibly, right? Right. And I think right. we can actually do a, a real life shift to, to really be able to, to, to make that a real thing. Right. Yeah. Even if it's not a nationally recognized, federally recognized, whatever, like certification, I, I really think that that's an actual, tangible possibility. And now with the Venom Institute, we are 100% at the mm-hmm. forefront of that literally working on it right now boots on the ground making it happen
0: and i mean that that can sort of be tied to like uh, like immigration like look at it like this one. like so my boss is an immigrant from india legal immigrant like got a citizenship did all the stuff they needed to do to become like him and his family to become citizens he gets pissed as hell when he hears about illegal immigration because okay. it's the same thing he's like i did the work i did everything i was supposed to do yeah yeah and it's it's similar to that like when you when it's a group of you that's that's doing the work and doing the right thing and you have you know the one or two guys that are kind of just like whatever like I would be frustrated you know yeah. like I, I mean yeah I'm doing it for me but at the same time it's like you're you're there's a standard that's attempt you know you're trying to set and when you have people that are completely undermining that or undercutting it 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 frustrates the eventually the majority like I would hope <clears throat>
2: Yeah, dude. I'm saying, like, if, if I if I just started, if I started tomorrow working in a cigar shop, and by the end of next week, I was an assistant manager, and you were an assistant manager, but it took you eight years. Like, that's going to be frustrating, right? Right. Like, right. I yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree, and I think that that's, um, I think that that's that's an incredibly important thing, and that's why you know I'm, I'm super clear with people when I talk to them. Like, listen, I'm I'm a part of a lot of these medical things. I am in no way a medically trained professional. Like, I don't talk about medicine like I am. I I say things like syringes and ketamine. I don't I don't at all pretend like I even know how to administer any of that. Right? right. I have right. no idea and I don't even pretend to. I have no desire to pretend to. Um and and you know that that alone is kind of the same thing where I'm like why why can't it that's not that's not okay anywhere else. Yeah. For some reason we make it okay here. And uh and it's frustrating, man. It is. Because there are a lot of people who are out there doing the work or people who have gone through their DVL in Florida and they did their thousand hours of a lapids and thousand hours of viperids. And took them years and years and years of cleaning cages and working as an understudy and then three letters of reference and they did all this stuff to be able to get the, the snake that they've wanted since they were a kid. And now they can do it responsibly, they can do it legally, they have all their protocols, they have all their stuff. And and the idiot next door just bought two two snakes illegally off the black market had him sent over in a fedex box marked microwave and uh and you know and now that guy that guy gets gets all the credit and like it's a really frustrating thing man it's a really frustrating thing yep and uh I, i think just in general i mean from crashing race cars to you know martial arts to firearms to all of the other analogies we've had this evening um coming up on you know 10 till two hours being cognizant of that. But you know, all of, all of those analogies that we've had this evening, I I look at it kind of the same way. Like, um, I just don't like what, what we're not glorifying the guys that crash their bikes all the time. We're not glorifying the guys that, that, uh, you know, crash race cars all the time. We're not glorifying the guys that shoot themselves cheddar Bob all the time. Yeah. Like, (laughs) why? <laughs> who chatter about themselves all the time like we you know we don't yeah. glorify those so why is this yeah. different why is this different really? here here's, here's the reality bro it's our fault oh yeah it's our fault for allowing it man for not standing up and not saying it's wrong and like that's why i have no problem going on here and be like you guys are idiots and i think it's stupid and i think you should stop and if people want to hate me for that that's fine i i don't care because i i get to go to bed every night knowing that You know, I, I did the best I could. I'm trying to make a difference. I'm trying to leave the world one tenth of 1% better than I found it. I'm trying to make it better and easier for people in the hobby to do it responsibly. I'm trying to make it better and safer and easier for humans and animals alike to save multiple lives on both sides, even without any medical experience whatsoever. And I get to go to bed at the end of every single night, knowing that at least I tried to do that. And I was able to live authentically say what I needed to say and do it without hesitation. Because if I think it's wrong, I'm going to tell you, I think it's wrong and I don't need to hide that fact. You know what I mean? And I'm not here to try to impress people. I'm not here to try to, to try to be the cool guy, macho, whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. Right. And I, and I'm okay with that. And the reality is like, you know, people talk about these things and then you got haters and all this other stuff. And, you know, here, here's the reality, bro. People who are actually out there doing shit don't have time to hate because they're too busy actually doing stuff. 100%. The haters are 100% the people that are just super jealous that you get to do all the things that they wish they could. It's true. But hate on, man. I don't care. Yeah. Because here's the reality I get to go out there and and, and make a difference every day. And by the way, I want to be super clear with these people. Like, the, you know, I we have Venom Life, we have Get Hooked. Uh Get Hooked is now, it's not a company, it's a brand owned by Venom Life. It's a brand of snake hooks. And I, I'm a member with the the Sweepy Snake Bite Foundation doing international world work on global health on the worst neglected tropical disease you've never heard of. Where an estimated world health estimates, 650, 700,000 deaths every year. Yeah. Real life estimations. Um probably closer to one one, one, three million. Wow. And, um, and you know, to be able to, to be able to be a part of that on an, on an international level, even without medical experience, but to be able to be a part of that mission and that journey and helping save millions of lives that I'm never going to, never going to meet the people. And then being able to do it right here in my own backyard through the Venom Institute and tie all that together and working with a lot of the same doctors and a lot of the same, Experts and a lot of the same biochemists and a lot of the same PhDs and research yeah, mm-hmm. division of wildlife, like a lot of the same people on that stuff, man. And to be able to be a part of that every single day, a percentage of everything that we do at all of my companies goes straight to the Snake Bite Foundation, right? Um, a, a percentage of the profits, right? Right. And so we're not we're not taking the profits. We're not getting paid for any of that stuff. The two companies. We're not getting paid for that stuff. <laughs> And two, both of those are nonprofits that on top of having, I, I literally just licensed the countertop company yesterday in the state of Louisiana and I have so much work right now. I'm already ready to hire people. I got a new office, all, all this new stuff right down here, doing construction stuff at the same time. I have two companies in Florida. We just started an Amazon and eBay store as well in Florida, um, completely unrelated, but Amazon and eBay as well. And I'm on two, two nonprofits as a hundred percent volunteer in both of them. yeah. And I, I don't, I don't need to hate on anybody for any of that stuff because I know that I'm doing my best every day to try to be the best version of myself. I'm trying to be the best responsible keeper I can and put the good word out there and get people to start, you know, actually caring about the effect that they have on the hobby, the effect that they have on other people and how it affects them in their lives like look at us art man all of the work that they put in the, the tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars that they raise every year to literally hire lawyers to fight national issues and being able to protect the hobby for people to be able to keep things like i don't know a tortoise yeah 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 you know what i'm saying like the fact that we even have to fight so hard for that is crazy to me and and but it's a real thing it's not something that everybody understands being a reptile keeper. And then you right. throw in the fact that you're a venomous keeper on top of that. And, and the, you know, the, the turtle hobbyists aren't out there that they're making asses out of themselves and they're having to fight for hundreds of thousands of dollars every year with lawyers and lawyer fees, the U S to keep this as a hobby. So other people who aren't idiots can keep turtles and they're not even the idiots on Instagram. They're getting bit by turtles on purpose. It's true. Right. That's
0: that's the most frustrating part for me. It's just like because of some some douchebag in, you know, Texas or whatever does something stupid, or a handful of them do something stupid. Like now I can't keep the things I enjoy because someone else decided to think that, solely that's the, within their little bubble and not anywhere outside of that.
2: Because they really at the end of the day, all they really cared about was themselves. Yep. Right. And right. and and that and that kind of ruins it for the rest of us, right? So if we can go out there. We can do good work. Um, we can, you know, s- spread the gospel, spread the good word. I-, I turn people onto your guys' your guys's network. You guys turn people onto the stuff that I'm doing, and that, at the end of the day, man, is is really what is going to strengthen this hobby and allow all of us to be able to do what we love for as long as we possibly can. Yeah. Yep. You know well what I mean, like like nobody's out there wearing t-shirts like you know like you know with the come get my guns the big cannon on it like nobody's doing that with the venomous snake t-shirts right right but now. at some point like at some point we're, we we might actually end up at that point yeah and then what? yeah you know and and that's a super sad thing for me man and because it's a less popular hobby to begin with yeah um and it arguably should be
0: <laughs> it's an uphill um, battle
2: it, it's it's yeah. it's not at the top of the list for for places like usr to fight for and nor would i want them to or expect them to right, right. true like true. I, I don't think that that would be the best use of their time energy lawyers and money i really don't so so should it ever come down to that so we're, we're we're at the bottom of the totem pole for even getting that kind of support man the only thing we have right now is each other within this hobby and people out there who want absolutely nothing to do, which is most of them, with everything that we have going on, but still respect the fact that we do it. It's true. And do it responsibly. That's all we really have at the end of the day, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, if we can't do that and support each other and grow together, support each other, be together as a community and stop being idiots as a community, I mean, it's kind of doomed for all of us. And the ones who did come over here legally are now risking exportation because a bunch of people did it, you know, illegally. So now they're all gone. Right. Right. And yep. and and that that analogy I think that you brought up, Justin, is perfect, man. And, I don't and it made it
0: made so much more sense to me when he talked about it too, because you can tell yeah. he gets very frustrated with it. And I mean, he's Super passionate. He's been in the yeah. I mean, he's been in the states since he was a kid. So I mean, it's not like he's like straight off the boat you know but he, just, right. he he gets very frustrated because he's like we it's not easy like getting your citizenship is not something that just happens in like no. 2 weeks like it takes a lot of time i helped actually work with guys
2: in construction yeah. it, and i there's no way i could have passed that test and absolutely he, i not. guarantee I you he knows more about, about like, the history
0: of this country than i do
2: no yeah 100% i guarantee he does i've i've read through the test and helped these guys study for him, man i would have failed that test 10 times out of 10 without yeah. a doubt even with studying and so, you know, but to bring it back to that, of course, like, yeah, that was a little bit of a, a drastic analogy. Yeah, absolutely. However, you know, to tie it back to this, I mean, that's that's kind of where we're at and what we're risking. I mean, there's already, you brought up, you know, people in Texas, we can, we can say turtles, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, you can't even keep them anymore. Because some people went out and did a bunch of stupid stuff and so now nobody gets them. Yeah. Right? And yeah. one, we all know in every situation, one stupid person tends to screw it all up for the rest of us. Yeah. And and I think that it's, it's in my opinion, relatively easily avoidable. I see people free handling on my Facebook or my Instagram. They're deleted and blocked immediately. I do not yeah. support it. I do not like it. I do not. I'm the one less follower. The fact that we, we have so many people following it, it's our fault, man.
0: I yeah, think a yeah. large majority of those though aren't people that are actually in the hobby. They're they're the ones that watch NASCAR for the crash. They're not they're not there to see sure. who wins the race. They're not there for the you know the, the craftsmanship they're of it and the they're art of it. They're, 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 they're there to yeah, they're there to, to see the train wreck.
2: Absolutely. I fully, fully, fully agree. And that's just that's just a problem that we have with human nature. But guess what? Aside from involuntary things like heartbeat and breathing, we pretty much control the rest of our body on a regular basis. We control everything else we do. We control mm-hmm. when we wake up. We control our thoughts. We control our mouths for the most part. Yeah. Like, why can't we why can't we control that as well? And with a little bit of practice, maybe some yoga meditation, depending on what you're into, like get to that point where you're like, I don't need that in my life, man. You know what I mean? I'm I'm here to be positive, make a difference, and 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 do it right. And that's kind of my entire stance on the whole snake by foundation, medical stuff, the, the trainings here through the, the venom Institute with medical and and handling trainings, um, you know, the potential for certifications, uh, whether they're recognized or not, I think is irrelevant at this point. just the fact that we'll at least be able to separate the people who actually care from the people who don't and, and then go from there and see where it goes. But we need the good support in the hobby, man. And and not just the venomous hobby man, In, in, in the entire reptile community, for all these things yeah you know we really really do and that's why you know when you guys are even just doing snakes and stogies you have guests you guys allow me to come on here and, and talk about this stuff once or twice a year and and uh you know it gives me a new outlet to reach out to new people let them know what's going on in the world stuff that they probably never heard of of course um, a lot of my people get it turned on you know to to other things like what you guys have going on and and now they're avid listeners of your podcast from 10 months ago i have people that still talk about it like hey remember that 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 reptile talk thing that you did on online I'm like what are <laughs> you talking about dude? it's like three times a week dude. yeah but that's then I nice. tie it back they pull it up on their phone they show me on their Apple thing they're subscribed they have like 140 downloaded and I'm like that's awesome man well not that many but you know 30 yeah. download or whatever and I'm like that's awesome man so cool and and I think that that's really what it comes down to is that real that real support man but we can't allow the idiots to mess it up for all of us and we need to Put you know our money and our hearts and our ideas and our focus and our energy into the right places, support the right things, and 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 you know that's really kind of kind of my whole deal and why I'm out here doing what I'm doing, boots on the ground, mouth to the microphone as often as I can, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, uh, to to preach that gospel. You know what I mean? Yeah. As so when are make- the
0: when are the the certifications and stuff like? When are you aiming for those to be starting to become available? Like what's the yes. timeline of things right now?
2: So, so basically with, with basically gearing it all back and saying, we're just going to start with this whole Pennsylvania thing with the ties and the network that we have there, because it was started there almost 20 mm-hmm. years ago with that local community, those police, those fire, those guys starting there's, uh Shouldn't be, shouldn't be an issue to do by late summer, early, early fall to start it there. And then to start to grow it out. And that's not going to be growing it out from there as a regular place. It's going to be in the hot spots, in the hot zones, in the places where it's needed, and in the places where, like Florida, for instance, where we well, are. I was
0: say, you you have like out. Derek and the Rattlesnake Conservancy. They do their classes. Is it going to be a thing right. where you can, like, they can host those classes and do them and get that certification? Or
2: what I, what I, yeah, what I really, really would like to do is so. It's, it's basically, we're doing training and certifications for professionals. And I want to be able to do a certification training for people to be certified to give out certifications, right? Yeah. So like, I want to be able to say like, you are a certified instructor. You now can do this. And we'll do maybe two or three of them in that area over a year With, with in conjunction with them in their hometown, in their people. So sure. we're not in there stepping on toes. Right. Right. I'm going to team up and collaborate with these people and say, hey, man, let's do a few of these together and then get you everything you need from our side. Take what you have. Take what we have. Let's build one big thing for your area, through your network, for your people. And now you can go out there and do that. And you're basically you're now like our hub for Florida. You're our sure. hub for Texas. You're our hub for. Right. Yeah. Ideally, that's that's where it, that's where it is in my mind. That's where I want to see it go. And I'm really hoping that I, I would like to see it in at least ten to fifteen states in the next three years. Mm-hmm. Don't know how possible doable. that's going to be. I think, it's doable. I think it's absolutely doable, as long as we do it strategically and we gain that support. Sure. And, and, and people want to go out and do it. Yeah. But that's the thing, man. I want people to have it up in their walls and their backgrounds, and and you know posting pictures about it, and and you wearing it as a badge of honor. Yeah. And and, uh, and basically make the people who don't think it's a good idea to have any sort of training whatsoever and still own venomous animals, basically just kind of make them feel like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of my goal. And I, I have no problem saying that. Yeah. I I'm don't I might be a little controversial. I mean, it's 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 a controversial thing, man.
3: It is. Yeah. And I feel gonna, like I'm we talk
2: clever back and forth. Like, I'm super yeah. clear on what I think is a good idea and what I think is not. And I'm not going to... Ever sit here and pretend like, oh yeah, but I don't want to offend anybody. Like, if you're offended, then you're probably the guy that I'm talking about. Like, I'm sorry, like I don't know what to tell you, man.
0: The shoe fits.
2: And every and dude, and and that's the thing. Like, and everybody's entitled to their opinion. And listen, I'm not even out here all righteous and high and mighty saying that my opinion is the only one that matters or the right one. It's just, I, I, I I have a. You mean the
0: definition of an opinion?
2: Yeah, precisely. (laughs) Everybody's entitled to their opinion as long as it's the same as mine. (laughs) I just don't, you know, but at at the same time, really to, you know, kind of hit that part home, um, everybody can have their own opinions, you know, they do on religion and guns and everything else. Like everything's like, everybody's inside of their own opinion. And I think that it's okay. And I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. Sure. But I I challenge anybody to come up with a, with a good argument to not exactly to to, to keep animals and uh, and not do some sort of, some sort of education and training. I challenge anybody to tell me how that's right. a good idea. And we can talk. I'll, and I'll totally have a conversation with you about it.
1: And I haven't and had it yet. To go back to like, remember last show, I said, hey man, I have a ton of questions. And obviously talking to you in the friendly capacity that we have, you've answered a lot of them, you know, unknowingly, and then you've cleared up a lot tonight, too, of some of the stuff. But when I first heard of this concept, I gotta be honest, I was extremely hesitant because of all of the, me being pragmatic, you know, not thinking the worst is gonna happen, but if I think of all the bad stuff that could happen, God forbid it does, I'm mentally prepared for it. And I think about, well, if this happens, that means this. And if that happens, then that means this. But the way that you're explaining it, and the way that you're showing it, there really is nothing bad that could come of it because it's all helpful, it's all knowledge, it's all good,
2: you know? And I'm and not even trying, I'm not even trying to ever push for it to be like a mandatory right. thing. And I certainly don't right. want it to be federally or government, state, local, or yeah. otherwise mandated
1: or governed right. by
2: or enforced.
1: Right. It's it's but simply if, to better us all.
2: Yeah, dude, absolutely. Yeah. But and if these guys go in and they're like, Oh, he has a cert, like I'm yeah. way less worried about walking into this room with him now.
1: Like <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's right. just exactly. a
2: simple like bad remark. Exactly. Like, exactly. I don't see no downside, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly it's and the honor. Badge
2: yeah and i think that that's the way that it needs to be really presented man which is why i think that it, it was super cool kind of fortuitous to be honest i'm not gonna lie it was kind of accidental that conservation education research and training yeah. cert was the acronym for that kind sure. of fortuitous. i kind of got lucky not gonna lie uh, well rudy <laughs> and i i'm not it's not on me this was sure. a lot of this rudy had laid all the down the groundwork i just helped him come in and say all right bro now let's clean it up and make it presentable for the world, right? Right. Um, And and he's been super receptive to that, which is super cool because it kind of gave me a little bit of creative freedom and, and you know the availability to do that. And we talk you know, for about an hour once a week at this point um, about all of these things. And we run through our notes from the last week and we really kind of hone in. All right, we got this down. Now, which order are they going in, right? So right. we're really just kind of honing it in. And that's why the website's hopefully going to be up sometime in April. That's what we're shooting for. And then there'll be a lot more information up there as well. But it's little things like that, man. Like the word cert as conservation, education, research, and training, I think is super cool because then we're talking about certifications and all these other things. And sure. what I really want to be able to do is work with. So when we're in there doing those trainings and courses, let's say we go down there, we're doing with Derek, um, you know, save the snakes getting buzz for buzz tails, wherever we're at, man, whatever we end up doing. And we're doing these, these co-operated trainings. Because we all—I mean, we're all, let's face it, man—we're all on the same team. Yeah. Educa- there is no competition in education. Right. Like, period. Right. If if you're an educator to any capacity, in my opinion, like there there really is no competition. Basically, we mm-hmm. all want people to be better and smarter. <laughs> like, I don't, like we're yeah. on the same team. Like, I don't understand why there's any force back at all. Like, anyways, that aside, that's a whole other talk. But that aside, like, I I, I look at teaming up with these guys getting dgf involved man dude i I want at least one of them i want at least one of them there yeah get it you know what i mean getting the police involved and getting those guys involved and then when when you have border patrol when we're doing the texas arizona ones and when you have customs when we're doing the one in miami or or orlando and when you have dgf u.s fish and Wildlife at these things attending it now now they can be able to go out and say like Yeah, there is legal venomous keeping in this state, or there isn't, but at least they can recognize the fact that they tried, man. Like, at least the effort was put forth. Yeah, that's the thing, man. You see somebody walking around with a gun in their waistband and they have a CCW in their wallet or they don't, like, that's a game changer. Yeah, right? It's still a guy with the gun that didn't change,
0: you know. That's the difference between lawful carry and unlawful carry in most states. Okay. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Man. Uh, so, Gibber, do, do you know Johan down at the African Snakebite Institute in South Africa? Hmm? Johan from uh in Johannesburg and the African Snakebite Institute.
2: Um, yeah, so yeah, so we have talked a lot of the guys do talk to him. I have not personally worked okay. with him.
1: So, I followed Johan for many, many years cuz I'm a African snake junkie and the guy has put together so many awesome programs for local individuals who aren't even really snake people, but the snakes in people's houses, in, in a rural and urban environment, are so bountiful in Southeastern South Africa
3: mm-hmm.
1: that I am members of these Facebook groups and I watch it, so they made an app. And the app is f- completely free and it has a list of, uh, it has. it's not just a list, it's a list of every single species of snake in, in those states of South Africa, or all of Southern Africa. Yeah. And when you click the name, it pulls up a whole data sheet with different phenotypes and you know what's venomous and not venomous, some bite protocol and all this stuff. And then it has a button for him and two or three other people's cell phones so that if, God forbid, something happens and medical personnel doesn't know what's going on, you can click that on the app and they
2: will answer the phone and help you out. Yeah. And That's like I really, look at, really, really, really cool, man. I actually didn't yeah. know about that. Um yeah. I didn't actually looked at the app, but I didn't know about that. I mean, I do follow him and and, and uh, yeah. I have some colleagues that have worked with him directly. I but
1: though cool. my whole my whole reason for bringing this up is that over the years watching him develop this and then watching like his website grow and and following him on Facebook and Instagram and all that, I see all like I don't want to call it the fan photos, but like people's submissions of them deploying the tactics and training that they were taught through his programs, you know, safely, safely removing the mamba out of the bathroom so that their family is safe. The snake is safe. And I mean, I don't want to say that it's, you know, cutting the snake fatalities in half, but you're, you're not seeing just a headless snake saying, Oh yeah, it was in the, it was in the cupboard. I had to kill it. It was, it was, Hey, we know how to do it properly. Let's transition that. So just watching that, that outreach that he has in that small part of the world. I love the fact that you're talking about everything you're talking about, because I know I'm going to see that on our side of the world.
2: Absolutely. hundred percent. And in fact, one of the first things that we're doing is we're starting a whole database, um, on the website where you're going to be able to go to, um, through the venom Institute, you're going to be able to go to states, whatever you click on your state and then, you know, you click on, you know, the venomous, whatever, And it will show you all the venomous snakes. It'll show you relative toxicity. It'll tell you what type of venom, what type of anti-venom, like all of that stuff. Right. Um, and, and, and that's all going to be available as an interactive map as well uh, through Venom Institute. And, and you know, so something similar along those lines on the website, the app thing, super interested in doing an app thing. And I have a couple ideas that are not really along those lines, not too dissimilar either. Um, it's right. still kind of proprietary, so I can't talk about them yet, but sure. I do have, I do have ideas for that, that I'm actually visiting with the investors, um, here in the next couple months on. And, yeah. and that is because, uh, well, one, I don't want anybody to steal it, but two, yeah. there's a, I, I think that there's a really big need for something along those lines to be within this industry that sure. basically, basically you can, you can buy it, but when you get your cert, it's free. Sure. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. I was kind of, was kind of a no brainer thing. Yeah. And, 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 you know, to back up what you said, uh, there was a study done in 2012 in Australia. I think I brought this up on the last episode that I did. Um, so I'll just briefly touch on it, but it was basically of all the bites in Australia that year by venomous snakes, I, I believe don't quote me on this, but I believe it was like over 50% of the bites that were caused. Um, and, Cause fatalities was somebody trying to kill the snake?
1: Yeah, and that's what you hear.
2: You hear a lot of it.
1: And I wasn't. I wasn't trying to compare the, your stuff to Johann's per se, but like, no, no. But honestly, but steam, you can
2: kind of see where we're steamrolling. Right, forward, right. It's not that dissimilar. Yeah.
1: yeah, And it's just cool to see that that's going to be us, or if not, if it isn't already. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's great.
2: Yeah, I, I think. I think it's. It's you know the snake bite foundation the Squeakly snake Bite foundation. We talk about snake bite worldwide is, and this was, this is a real thing. The world health organization in 2017 is the one who originally claimed it as like the worst neglected tropical disease. It's, it's, it's a neglected tropical disease. Let me say it that way. That was world health said it in 2017, it is a neglected tropical disease on the same level as typhoid, malaria, dengue, Ebola, <laughs> yeah. it, it is a tropical disease, neglected tropical disease, right? That being said, what separates that from all of the other aforementioned neglected tropical diseases, this one's very easily curable, right? We already have hospitals. We already have antivenom. We already know everything. It's literally just getting the treatment into people's bodies. Like we yeah. already have vaccines. We're not looking for that, right? Right, like it's 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 a real thing. Yeah, it, it's it's not a complicated fix. So why it's even on the list is mind blowing to me. So that's what we're tackling there with the ASF. Alternatively, here we don't have that problem. You know, less than one percent of snake bites end up in fatality, and the majority of those, you know, aren't even directly related to the venom most times. Yeah. That being said, it's not even really about people getting bit because it's not like 10,000 people are getting bit every single day in the United States, but it's how do we, how do we better protect the people have better knowledge and better protect the animals who were here way, way before we were. Right. Right. Um, And and how do we do that all at the same time, intelligently and safely? And I think that's really what it comes down to. And to be honest, because a lot of people just flat out don't know about it. They yeah. don't know about venomous snake stuff, man. Like, I I, I want to do an entire one where it's just like, let's do a whole one hour call in marathon. People donate a small amount of money. When they get on the phone, they do a one dollar donation, whatever they feel like donating to get to ask a question, and we'll do a one hour callathon myth busting situation. Yeah, where cool. we're literally just myth busting, basically everything they ever thought was true about particularly venomous snakes dude i still got people ask me
1: i still get people ask me if i suck the venom out it's still it's still i swear to god people still ask me no i do not thank you
0: mustache would be a good filter
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Oh, oh man i broke it have you guys seen the uh from the houston venom conference that didn't happen last year (laughs)
3: <laughs> no. no. What's
2: what's this? This is a t-shirt from the from the conference that never happened. That's pretty cool. What's yeah. it say? So it's the Houston Venom Conference. Right. It's Spencer Green is the one that he does every year. And then nobody else can see this, but we can post pictures later if you want. On the back says real snake bite experts don't cut and suck.
1: That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> That's fantastic.
2: Dude. And, and i love i love this shirt man I that's awesome it. yeah that yeah, that's from last year's conference that never happened to be fair they'll probably be available this year still because cool. i'm pretty sure he bought a lot of them and nobody went well, <laughs> so, I definitely probably. gonna get one <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i mean it's, it's just dude. i would love to do a, a just a whole call-a-thon about just myth busting all that stuff man yeah you know baby rattlesnakes being more deadly and all of this other stuff and and you know bringing it all the way down to like from uh man there's, there's just so many things there's just so many things i would love to talk about yeah. and two like really being able to 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 do that with with one of those guys where we could be answering like biology natural history sure real snake stuff like from the zoology biology side from the keeper side professional side hobbyist side you know between the three of us and then get somebody like spencer or nick brandoff or ben Abel or one of those guys sean bush on there yeah. to to really talk about like medically what's going yeah, on sure sure yeah i think i think that'd be such a cool thing man where it's literally like it's like justin just has his phone and you know you set up a ring for one day on google google ring yeah. set it up for one day and then turn it back off and we'll have a well, which is a one day of a calling number that's random that you don't have to worry about people calling again the next day. Yeah. I think we should do it, man. I think we should do it.
3: That'd
1: be you know, awesome.
2: Do it. And, and, and raise money at the same time, you know? Yeah. I think it's yeah. super cool, man. Pay, pay, pay dollar, pay $5, pay whatever. And, and, uh, you can get your question answered by, by the experts, which I hate to use that term when yeah. I'm involved. I, 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 I was jokingly um, all the time with the, the snake by foundation there was like the, the original fourteen of us or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm like you know one of fourteen guys on this team, um, which is super super cool. Super proud to be to be a part of this thing from the ground up. You know, coming in early on, and uh, they're like, oh, are they all like you know venomous snake expert or whatever? I was like, well, most of them are medical professionals who have to deal with venom, toxicology things like that. I said basically it's it's thirteen world experts in me. It's basically how I presented myself. So like, these guys like, dude, they. They're money, man. They're monsters in the yeah. in, in the industry. And I would love to do something like that, man. We should really, we should really try to hammer that out. Sure. Um, but that all being said, I don't I don't really think, man, I said we'd try to keep it under two and a half hours. Nah. That's all right. Keep going. <laughs> oh, I, I was just gonna say, man, I think I think that really kind of all all kind of really wraps it back up. I mean, aside from uh real quick updates
0: yeah and what's he, new with venom life gear and get hooked?
2: Yeah, i haven't haven't posted yet uh we have a picture of of justin at daytona last year wearing his venom life gator this is the first time we offered him i finally got around to putting him on the website for sale two weekends ago when i was in florida um so yeah we got masks and and uh and gators and all that stuff up on there and we intend to keep you keep them up there, even the past COVID stuff, whatever, because you know, there were outdoor guys out there doing outdoor stuff. And I think Gators are super cool, man. Net Gators, yeah. Are awesome.
0: yeah. Um, I still being, need to get a, I need to get up a, up field book.
2: yeah. So, so that's another thing I was actually thinking about was uh, t- we've been offering them since day one, like in 2015. <laughs> like, we just, there's just not on the website. Like, dude, mm-hmm. we certainly needed, we need to hire a better website guy because I suck.
1: <laughs> well, Justin, do do we have an article for next month? Yeah, I don't think it What
0: do
2: you it. mean?
1: Justin, we, we, we have an article about hooks for next month?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, that one. Yes. Oh, are you serious? serious? Top secret mission stuff. Can you hear me? me?
1: Your your microphone was lagging out. I didn't know if you heard me. oh Yeah. No, I was saying this. we have. I the, did hear you. H- I thought
0: you meant. Get hooked. Article going to be in this month. month. Well, the, oh, uh, this month. it's the upcoming issue. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Woody was kind enough to uh, take yeah. me into the lair and uh, show me how the 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 fine craftsmanship of Get Hooked Uh-oh. and Venom Life Gear is constructed. He was also yeah. kind enough to make me my own custom hook which, uh, I've never had done before. And it is literally my prized possession in my snake. He told me
2: that he let you hand make your own hook in our, in our shop.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I took a bunch of what I would consider to be very articulate photos. And I hope that my description of the hook makers art, uh, is, is, is good.
2: Oh, it's not that difficult, man. You just basically just say like, uh, you know all of our hooks are handmade in the usa by a real mexican like it's not hard
1: it's true it's true <laughs> it's It's very true bo- Bona bonafide mexican yes and you, you know what's funny is i i, I downloaded his dad's album for my ride home
2: <laughs> so it's you know wild man and so we can probably cut this off at like two fifteen. by the way this is all nonsense but i uh, <laughs> but i you know what's funny is uh, when i was down there two weekends ago um we we're doing all the stuff for the the website upcoming photos just hammering out just as much business as we could in the four days i was there and um he had to take his son's saxophone into the music store or whatever he came back out just dying laughing man um because you know i'm out in the truck playing with my new iphone 12 max pro so i'm just like i'm gonna stay in the truck he comes back out just dying laughing <laughs> and uh, he's like i walk in and i hear this music and i'm like who is this he goes, oh, it's just some like you know Apple random playlist that plays all day. <laughs> it was his dad's his dad's music, man. His dad's music That's was awesome. on in the music store when he walked in.
1: <laughs> well, That's he says crazy. he he said to me, he goes, he says, so my dad was a musician, you know, he he played vibraphone. You know what that is? I said, yeah. I said, let me guess, a little Afro-Cubano jazz. He's like, you know what Afro-Cubano jazz is? I said, yeah, man, I'm a little eclectic. And uh, that snowballed the conversation. So that, that, that wow. we'll have to save that for when Woody's on here. You
2: no, know, I just I just did that post, and I was there like a couple weeks. So I was like, because <laughs> we went on that, that little nature walk, and I was like, He's celebrating, you know, seven years of friendship, six years of get hooked, two years of Venom life, and a brand new company. Like we're just down there hanging out, and then uh, and it just clicked that you have his dad's album, and I don't. <laughs> and dude, I, I'll be honest. I, I
1: listened. <laughs> I listened to his album. Probably like like at least once a week. So really? I love that. yeah, his dad's stuff is awesome, man. Huh. Yeah.
0: I wow. yeah, mean, I wanna find it. I wanna listen to it. Yeah. yeah well, I'll send it
1: I'll send it to both of you guys.
2: Yeah, you send it to us.
1: Yeah, he's got I think there's like there's like two or three of his albums on iTunes and then I think there's like three or four other albums that's just like uh uh Afro-Gubano jazz mixes of like different composers and different artists, and it's all from Back in the day, you know, but long story. Hmm. But yeah, so next next issue of the Herpetoculture Magazine we will be showcasing the finest of craftsmanship from Get Hooked and Venom Life Gear. Wow,
0: it's like watching a swordsmith make a samurai sword.
1: A le- legit, like so. Obviously, I nerded out. They are
2: all handmade, dude. They are
1: legit handmade, and. Here's the thing is, I had in my mind, when when Woody told me that I could kind of pick and choose what I wanted, I was like, all right, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. I'm like, you know what? I've always dreamt of, like, the fill hook, like, what I want in a hook. And I was like, hey, is there any way that we can do this and then maybe do a little bit of that? He's like, yeah, you think it'll work? I said, well, if it doesn't, then we'll know, you know? And, dude, that is my favorite hook. I use it every chance I get. The ba- the balance is flawless. Just the, 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 everything about it, it huh. and I can't so, I can't emphasize enough how much I felt like I was watching the ancient blacksmiths, like of old. You know, it's, just it's, constructing when I say
2: handmade. Like we're not talking like like Legit. pressing a break. It's like, yeah, dude, yeah. like hand tools, bro, Hands, yeah. hand. Yeah, I have
1: hand. I have it's photos cool. of it all. <laughs> so you know, cool there's one of that, him
0: like grinding the, the tip and like there's sparks and stuff everywhere yeah, dude, that is
2: yeah. awesome man I'm so yeah. excited for this now I didn't even know this was a thing so <laughs> so what's really cool I mean I knew you did the hook but I didn't know yeah. that, that was a thing so uh, what's really cool is like when we first started this whole venture kind of just messing around in 2015 um, we didn't really have any ideas for any of that other stuff yeah. and then people would come up to us and be like Hey man, like I've been using this thing with the coat hanger. because you make something like this? We're like, cool. Now we have the Viper series hook, which is by far our most popular hook around the world.
0: I use mine all the time.
2: Dude. And then and then we, you know, and then we ended up with a neonate hook because like this is really awesome. But if I can just get a smaller version for basically all of the baby vipers, that would be sweet. Cause it just pushes them around. I'm like, yeah, let's yeah. do that. So we developed that. Then we had the tub upers and a rack tool. So, you know, guy comes to us and says, Hey man, it'd be really cool to be like be able to the guy's five foot two, five foot three. And he's like, dude, I can't even reach my top rack. Like, it'd be awesome if I could get that. So, so yeah. we made that. And now it's like, we looked at each other when we went to that first generally with those things. We we're like, we'll probably never sell another one of these things. We brought like 13 of them. Sold out in two days. Yep. And I was like, I this made, is nuts, man.
1: I got to be honest. I am I made fun of, what's the real name of the drawer puller? I call it the drawer puller. What's the real name of it?
2: it well, we put tub opener. Tub opener, or okay. And we call them a rack tool.
1: Rack tool. Okay. So, so I ordered one just to try it out. Right. But I dogged it before I ever used it because I was like, this is stupid. I have a snake hook. It's the same thing. But tell you, use it. I use it as much
3: (laughs) as a snake hook.
1: Yeah. Because what I'm doing is like I literally have the puller in my left hand, a hook in my right, yeah. and I use it as a as a like a shepherd's crook to direct the snake. I can I can use it as a hook if I need to, if I got a double hook or whatever. Like it never it's, slides
2: off the lip of your tongue. It's
1: brilliant, ground. brilliantly. Like everything is awesome about it, and you never would have expected it. You know.
2: Yeah, and that was the thing is like I I, I wouldn't have come up with that. Like I, 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 you know, I tend to feel like I'm, I'm pretty good with like some ideas and and creative stuff. I dude, I I wouldn't have ever came up with that on my own. So like, and these people come to us and like, even with the Python hook, you know, we got 30 and 40 inch Python hooks, but ours weigh our 40 inch hook with a six inch opening is is one and a half pounds. They weigh nothing. Right. And so, which is really cool. But then we had, what was it? Wildfire retakes. Weston Weston Winter comes to me one time at a show, and he's like, "He's like, hey man, like I got an eighteen foot retake. Like, when yeah. you have when you have a snake that size in the back of a of a twelve foot cage, and like it's pressed against the wall, like you're not getting a hook in there because you have to go over the snake yeah. and get in. You're basically pushing the whole rod down onto the ground and pulling it he's like can you do a drag hook and i'm like i don't even know what that is dude. I'm, I'm, not this guy. I'm not a big snake guy i don't know what yeah. that is so he does that so i was like yeah dude we can make something like that so the next show i brought one to him and dude, we did a whole video thing on it and like and so what's really cool about those python hooks too is you can do a eight inch, or a six inch opening a four inch opening and the drag hook but it's just a it's just an allen key yeah so you could literally get all three ends and put them on one shaft for whatever you needed or get three of them and put one on each. So you had it all right there. But yeah, he, he uses it and he just literally drags the snake out, picks it up. It's like, yeah. don't even use the hook part. Cause you can't lift it size, but to, yeah. to manipulate right. it, it's basically a, just a glorified 40 inch Python size field hook is what it is. It's just right. a big L. And I was like, dude, I never would have dreamed of that as a snake hook manufacturer. Like, because I'm not a big snake guy. Yeah. So when people come to us and say, Hey, can you make this? We're like, I don't know, but I'll give it one hell of a shot. Yeah. I talked to
0: I talked to Woody at one point about one of the neonate hooks, but it being like a field hook instead of a like the the regular traditional sort of U hook. To do what? May take the neonate hook like that size. Yeah. Basically do like a field hook version of that.
2: So we've actually we've made a couple of those messing around with them, and uh, it it is absolutely possible we can do that for sure. And I think what I think could be really, really cool. Is because people keep asking us to do field hooks, but we never think about it. We never remember. We never do whatever. And I'm like, you know what we should just start doing? It's just making it a damn option. Sure. On every size hook.
1: Now, you mean just the L shape?
2: Yeah. 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 It's like, why not, dude? We do it on a big hook. Yeah. We know we can do it on all the other hooks. And we're just like, dude, we just never think about it because we got this whole jig. And you, well, you saw, you probably got pictures of it. Oh, good pictures like, I got. Yes. You got a hand. You got a hand. Put on your own little Legos, and then figure out what if it's a thirty-six or a forty. Are you bending? Hold on, you have to move it over one hole. Is just that Like it's 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 no joke, dude. Yeah. And so when you're doing that and you're in the process, you got to bend it one way, move the roller, move bend it back the other way. Yeah. With the handcrafted welded blacksmith tool that we use. Yeah. It's like uh not even clean welds either. I love it, dude. I love that tool. But you know, when we have when you have that sort of a thing going on, it's like just we don't ever think about the L hooks. Yeah. Not to mention, a lot of guys don't like it. But here's the thing: it's like anything else, man. Like you're the Glock guy, or or you're a Smith and Wesson guy. You're mm-hmm. either a, you know what I mean. You're yeah. a Ducati guy, or you're a BMW guy. You're yeah. a like whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's the same thing with hooks, man. A lot of people prefer L-style hooks. A lot of people prefer, even in, even in captivity, dude. the Denver Zoo, the the, the head venomous keeper at the Denver Zoo, Tim Trout, um, did, he, he much prefers L-style hooks over everything and every size. He feels like he has better control. He can manipulate the animals better. And he has an entire zoo room full of get hooks, snake hooks that are L-style in every shape and size because that's what he wanted. And some of them are bent a little bit at the end, some of them have a big bevel, some of them have no bevel. Like he has all the different sizes and mm-hmm. shapes. But I'm curious to see how yours came out, Phil, because if it's a really cool thing, we might even just be able to 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 make it like a like a like a THP signature series type hook. That would be awesome.
0: A, a little picture of the stash on the handle.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, the um I, I had I had thoughts in my mind as to what I would want for like I don't want to say all purpose because obviously there is oh there is no such thing, but what I wanted was a longer foot in basically a check mark position. So the the bottom belly of the U itself was a thinner diameter than where the point of the shaft was. Got so instead true. of instead of it being like this, yeah. right? It was like it was like this. Oh okay. And, and then it's he almost said, like a
0: combination of like an L hook, like an in-between. Between yeah. It's like, a, it's
1: like an in-between. And I wanted the foot to be way longer um, so that the foot itself came higher than the perpendicular point of the shaft. And then when we were doing this, Woody's like, Hey, you know, how do you feel about a, a conical tip? And I said, I would totally love that. I didn't know that was a thing. I thought everything mm-hmm. had to be chiseled. And he's like, no, we can do a conical. And I watched him and I just watched him take this piece of bar stock and just, hand machine it into a perfect conical point and then he sits there and he has a special jig that he puts it in with the sandpaper and he just sits there and he's like so how do you feel about this and like yeah. just talking about like how's exactly. the weather today you know and he's just sitting there with sandpaper just sandpaper in a way and I'm like man this is what sets it apart from any of the flea market crap that's out there and you,
2: and know? you know what's crazy like I, I, I hear you talk about it like to that extent and I'm like I'm just in it I've been in it since day one two <laughs> Woody's the one who does it all. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll do it. I'll make some, I've done it before. I know how I, like, I'll help when I'm there, but 99% of the hooks that, that go out into the, the market were the handmade by Woody. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, so I'm not really around it a ton, man. He's kind of the operating partner. I'm kind of like the, 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 the managing I'm working on the business while he's working in the business type of thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so um, that's kind of the partnership we have, and so when I hear you talk about it that way, I'm like, Fuck, man, I feel like now that you've seen the process, like, I if we charge a little bit more, you would still think it was a good deal 100%. <laughs> I think it's really fair price, man. Like, yeah, yeah, for what goes into them, like, it's yeah. nuts, man. It's I went nuts. out to uh, uh
1: I, I got new baby cobras and I realized that my old Midwest, old graphite baby hook was the glue was coming off the handle. It was all scratched up. and I was like, no, I need to get a, a get hooked baby hook, right? And I know my buddy, Jay Eaton, who has the shop local by me, oh, he yeah. sells them, right? Oh, and uh, yeah. yeah, so I went in and I was like, Jay, I need a neonate hook. So I got a brand new green one for my baby Cobras and I only use it with them. But like, I love Midwest. I grew up with Midwest. I learned with Midwest. Just saying, I have
2: nothing bad to say about
1: them. Nothing bad to say about them, but comparing the two Heavy, I mean, definitively your baby hook. Just the balancing of it and the thinness of it and that chisel tip that he just puts on there perfect. And like the lock up between the head joint and the shaft itself, the texturing on the grip, like it's just it's perfect. It's perfect.
0: It, it works really well people. for big chance and I too. I use that yeah. to, to move the chance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the <laughs> amount of flex it has, right? It has wow. a lot.
2: Oh, the amount of flex is phenomenal. It's nuts, huh? And what's yeah. crazy too is we we put out thousands and thousands and thousands of hooks like t- all over the world, man. We're in like 26 zoos around the world oh, from awesome. Nepal to Costa Rica. They're using our hooks in the zoos and, and, um, we've never once had, had our headstock separate. Wow. We're, 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 we're on year six now.
1: That's wow. awesome. But yeah, man, man, like I geek out over this shit hardcore and the fact that, you know, you guys were awesome enough to, you know, let me, I knew not you only, that
3: was super. cool uh, yeah,
1: man. And like the fact that you guys let me get in there and see it and write about it. And then and then allow me to craft my own hook.
2: Like however you want it, megalithic, whatever it you want. Exactly.
1: And it's literally exactly what I've always wanted. Verbatim. Like what I had in my mind. And that's that means the world to me. You know, it's one of my it's one of my, if not the prize snake possession,
2: you know. That's super, super cool, man. I'm actually so I'm gonna get to see all these pictures because I haven't seen the hook yet. So I'm going to have to, like, now I'm going to have to read the magazine next month to see all the pictures.
1: <laughs> I'll text you the pictures. <laughs> so, I'll,
2: ta- I'll, I'll text magazine, you
0: bro. I'll text you a couple teaser pictures, right?
2: I can't, I can't be in the When I
0: finish movie. the layout, I'll send it to you. How
2: about that? Yeah, that'd yeah. be awesome, man. I would love to. I'm to pre-read it. That's even better. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm super stoked, man. And, and listen, guys, like, I do we need to do, like, an official? Because you're going you're gonna to basically cut out the last 25 minutes. So nah, sorry, No, no, no.
3: No way.
1: This How is all doing, going on. Uh,
2: are you doing a, a, a like an official send off at the end of this thing? You just like just yeah. put, fix your camera off on three? Like no, you know, no, no, no.
1: We'll we'll do we'll do it. We we do a, a closing. You know.
2: Well, I mean, I I I, I couldn't be more proud to, to call you guys my friends, man, and, and co supporters in this hobby. Um, you know, your mutual support of of us and all of my organizations and companies and what we do, um, and and two like me being able to be that and and give that back and help push you guys in that same sense. Um, you know, it, it's a, it's an honor for me that, that goes both ways. And, and I love that. I respect that. I think you guys are both awesome people, man. I love doing this type of stuff. And, uh, dude, I'm happy to do it all the time, man. Anytime. Like dude, I'll do snakes and stogies anytime you want. I mean, you can't have me on all the time. Cause then, but you're going mean, to have to do with it with Rob stone. So, right. yeah, right. But that's true. Remember however, they're sick of
1: us. They're not sick of you yet.
2: That's, <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that is true. That's that's super fair. What I will say about all of that is you're basically going to run out of airtime. Like we're going to run out of data on our phone <laughs> if I do it all the time. Yeah. Well, it's I still I got 3 hours every time we get on, bro. I
1: have <laughs> I have I have more questions for the next episode cuz we got to talk about zinc ion bonds and using a uh, a zinc proactive treatment against Echis venom. We also got to talk about polyserp because I feel like new kids on the block, we got to talk about them, and like I just ha- I just have more more questions, more questions. So it's all good. It's awesome. Oh, you
2: mean what inner
1: No, no PolySERP out oh, of New yeah, York. Yeah,
2: yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So.
1: Oh, and by um, the way, just I don't know. I don't want to cut into like closing comments or whatever. But just going back to like ASF and and the you know Venom Institute and. We we made the joke about oh it's only sixty bucks. Sixty bucks goes a long way. We talked about how you know the dollar goes very very far in some of these more remote areas. Uh, I know that in sub-Saharan Africa, especially like Botswana, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Limpopo, Swaziland, all that, a standard vial of you know sub-Saharan African anti antivenin is about eight hundred grand. Okay, if you convert that to U.S. dollars right now, it's fifty three bucks. So. If that can mean that 60 bucks, that 10 bucks, whatever it is, could mean life or death for someone or something, it's it's all worth it, you know? And I think I-
0: like my frustration was that in the previous raffles we had we had garnered considerably more. And so right. like, I don't know. I wanna give like every time we do one of those raffles, I wanna be able to say like or you know, be able to give these these organizations and stuff, you know, over right. hundred bucks easy, hundred and seventy, hundred, you know, whatever.
2: Right. What are you guys um, What are you guys raffling?
0: Cigar stuff. Like this last raffle was was a box of twenty cigars, basically that I had picked as like a mix and match. And then before that, it was like some cigar cases with some cigars in it and a really nice cutter. And
2: Phil, you know, so when's the next time you can get up to
1: Sanford? <clears throat> get up to Sanford? Uh, as long as I. Uh, I'm, I'm free most Sundays, so if we map it out, I could I could drive up there in the morning and be there.
2: Make it happen, bro. Make it happen. We'll hook you up with, like, two hats of your choice, two shirts of your choice, two masks of your choice, two gates of your choice, whatever. You can do two sets, two packages, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then what you should do is try to link it up with Woody maybe in the next couple of Sundays, um, plan it out a little bit ahead of time um, so that he makes sure that he's available as well. You, what you should do is you should go hand make two of your hooks that you personally make with your own hands and auction them both off.
1: Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great and,
2: idea. And, and I, I'm I'm telling you right now on the record in front of all and thirteen of your to- viewers,
0: huh? I said like like as soon as I have stuff for sale like animals like rats and things and stuff, I'm gonna be doing raffles for those too. But I gotta gotta cool. have stuff first. <laughs>
2: Yeah. yeah, but I'm but I'm just saying, man. Like you know, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll gladly we'll gladly help donate uh, some of that stuff, man, and make it happen. And, and uh, sure. I think that's, like some cool stuff to do. So, yeah, make it happen, man. I, I, it's on record now. All thirteen of your your listeners are gonna hear it. So, hell yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> thirteen yeah. champion
1: listeners. So, and most of them have been guests. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. I love it. But yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be no, fantastic. We'll it. definitely do that. Make it happen. Yeah,
2: that do do, do do one each time. Like you got you got yeah. To do a box of cigars, you know, and one of those, and two different rappers mm-hmm. the same night. Like just just bundle them up, man, and get two winners a night instead of one, and spread it out over a month. You know what I mean? Like whatever, dude. We'll yeah. we'll we'll hook you guys up with that stuff, man. I'll I'll donate that stuff, hundred percent. I'll donate that stuff to to help you guys further your your reach, um, and your growth. And your network, as well as whatever the, the the good cause is going to, man, for sure. sure.
0: Yeah, it awesome. it varies from month to month. I mean, we literally just do it just because it's you know it's an easy way to raise money for different. Like we did US one month, um, yeah, the uh, Highlands Highlands and Islands Conservation uh, Conservancy. Um, I've got conservancy. some other ones lined up. You Know yeah, so I mean, it's, it's just an easy event. way to it's just in the snakes and stogies group. You know, it's just an easy way. There's a bunch of cigar smokers, we carry a lot of stuff that a lot of people can't get, and so it's a, it's a really easy avenue. Yeah, to, now it can to be for
2: real it. snakes and stogies, you get a venom, life yeah. Thing, a yeah. Snogies,
1: yeah. And maybe, maybe with some of these, this you know, venom life gear stuff, we'll, we'll maybe branch out and not just do it with the snakes and stogies stuff, maybe try some of the magazine stuff too,
3: so.
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it'd be awesome, dude. I would, yeah, we'd yeah. love to be a part of that, man. 100%. I'll, we'll make sure that offline we link up with Woody and we get that all set up to where we cool. go. I think if you go hand-bend two of your own custom hooks just like you have it. Yeah, and then, that'd be like, awesome. They're, they're handmade by Phil. And then off, <laughs> I think it's I think it's better, man. I think it'd be a really cool story, dude. Especially right after the thing launches in the magazine.
3: Oh, man. yeah. The great. Wolf, man. Be great.
2: Sweet, <laughs> man. Well, listen, guys, I... And and it's an hour earlier here, but I only got two hours of sleep last night. I went to bed at one thirty, woke up at three thirty. I've been up early.
3: <laughs> Trooper, hell love no.
2: yeah, I love know. it, it's nuts, man. So I, uh, I'm out.
1: Thank you for everything,
2: man. No, I, I I love you guys, and listen, man. Without without you guys doing what you do, I'm just a dude who loves to know stuff and talk, and <laughs> nobody to listen. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So like, like without you guys, that's I'm just I'm just a dude. Cool man. So, cool. no, nah, I mean, you thank you guys, man. Really 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 thank you guys for everything. Thank you. Okay, you can do your closing stuff. I'm going to sit here and listen.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, you can find Brent, Venom Life Gear, The Asclepius Snakebite Foundation, the new and improved Venom Institute. Uh, get hooked and you have so your Facebook personal account has like maxed out but you have a page right?
2: Yeah Brent Venomous And it's it. the same thing for Instagram right? Brent Venomous Yep
1: The one and only
0: And this show was made possible by Steve Snakeshuary and his Venom Hot Sauce and MP Cages and Exotics Please go find both of them we will see y'all Monday night at 9 o'clock EST for Snakes and Stogies 68. 68. 68. We've been doing that over a year now, you know. Have we really? Yeah. Is this well, is
2: this coming Monday featuring Brent Benamese in Louisiana? If you want. Yeah, Hell you, yeah. Can you can do it.
0: Let's do it. We haven't had a guest in a, in like a month. I think it's just cool. been us the last three or four weeks. So, it yeah. has.
2: Let's do it. I in.
0: words
1: sixty eight. Right. And
0: then next week is episode one sixteen. I have no idea who we have yet. There's been uh, a couple names floating around, so I don't know yeah. what ended up happening. But I, either gotta way.
2: The, I gotta look at the list. We'll we'll get it up. And the magazine uh, comes out.
0: That's gonna come out on the last day of the month, hopefully.
2: And the next raffle? Uh
0: don't know yet. We just we just did our one for this month. I try to do them like once a month because we usually do like samplers and stuff and I don't ask people for money if, every week. You know, it's just kind of me.
2: I just know if people don't keep you on point, then, you know, it's got to make sure. I, sh-
0: I struggle to do it myself. <laughs> I think I have early onset dementia.
2: Nah. Well, I thought that I had it, but then I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Oh. It's good
0: on that note, everyone have a good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Thank you all.